the Buddy Movie Podcast presents Film, Film Fiasco. Fiasco. <laughs> I'm Sean Coates, joined today by Eric Tisha and joined once again by George Kapaklis. Hello, hello, hello. Now, guys, what film... This is the fourth ever episode of Film Fiasco. Um, this one's a bit of a nostalgia buster for a lot of people. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so most of the films we've done recently uh, were all 2017 films, so they are all been quite wow. recent. Yeah. Uh, no, not this one. This one's... All, we're going back in time to 2002 Whoa. for <laughs> the live-action adaptation of Scooby-Doo, <laughs> directed by a Mr. Raja Gosnell, who has quite the filmography Whoa. and... Oh my goodness! Have a look. Have a look at the. I would say a filmography, but this is more like a rap sheet for this guy. Oh like, shit! Yeah, are you seeing so, this? Okay. So yeah. So Home Alone three, Big Mama's House, this film, the sequel to this film, the Smurfs one That's and the two, outlier there. Beverly Hills Chihuahua, and the film, the controversial film from last year, Show Dogs. Don't forget Yours by an Hours, which I grew up on. Oh my god! Oh, he god. directed that. Okay. Yeah. Probably his best movie. But like, wow, this is a lot of childhood shit right here. Jesus. <laughs> also a lot of probably shit that really is terrible. That should not be shown to kids or anybody. I mean, have a <laughs> look at the specific uh, I films. I think this guy's a, a jewel, actually, for He's, Hollywood. Like, this consistency is hard to find. <laughs> yeah. But another connection, like we mentioned with uh, John R. Leonetti making Wish Upon, like, as the cinematographer, like, looking at his filmography, he was the cinematographer for the Mortal Kombat film, the first Mortal Kombat, and then he went on to direct Mortal Kombat Annihilation. This guy, Raja Gosnell, he was the editor for both Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Oh, shit. And he directed Home Alone 3. So when John Hughes, or I guess Chris Columbus, sorry, I should say, who directed those films, when he was like, yeah, fuck, I'm just going to go off and, you know, I'm starting to plan to do, I'm doing Harry Potter in four years. I don't need to fucking do this. <laughs> like, he's like, just like, hey, I edit the films, so I can direct. Well, but, and the rest was history. <laughs> but also, like, look at this filmography, though. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Like, Scooby-Doo 1 and Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed and Show Dogs. So, uh, uh, the man has a skill set in I have no talking words. dog movies. <laughs> yeah, talking dogs, uh, little blue people. Like, if you had told Cross me... Cross-dressing cops. If you, had, yeah. if you had told me... If you had said 20 bucks, this guy directed Marmaduke, I'd believe you. <laughs> so would I. It totally goes now film. Oh, my God. Do you think he might be trying to generate his own cinematic talking dog universe? Crossovers and like end credit sequences. Scooby Doo and the Chihuahuas. Versus the show dogs. Yeah, but here's the thing: we're hanging a lot of shit on poor Mr. Gaznell here. But no, I'm like, not. I think, I think that like I've seen interviews and a lot of like behind the scenes stuff in preparation for this, and he seems like the sweetest man ever. Oh yeah, for sure. Like sure. it's always the bad filmmakers that are the nicest people. Like if you ever see Joel Schumacher, he is the nicest <laughs> man ever, but he just makes. I mean, he's made a lot of good... He's made some good films too, but God, like those Batman movies. <laughs> I like them though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you like a lot of bad movies. But after... Because Raja Gosnell, like as you could hear from the filmography we've just listed, he seems very family friendly. Yeah. And this film is family friendly, but it did not start out that no, way, did it? Did it? Not. No, it did not. No, it did not. <laughs> and apparently in 2017, in a Facebook post announcing the uh, the 15th anniversary, James Gunn, who wrote this film, a very young, recently from then just coming out from Troma Studios, James Gunn, I believe this was one of his first big Hollywood projects, he <laughs> revealed in a Facebook post that this film originally, the first cut, had an R rating, yep. and that apparently they had to use CGI to cover women's cleavage <laughs> in this film. <laughs> to what get a G rating. For, for cleavage? 
no, well, no, 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 but like that's one to of the get main. it down to a G rating. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had to use CGI to cover up cleavage, and, and it shows. You can like there are moments in this movie where you can tell. Yep, yeah, that's that's a R rating joke reduced somewhat. Like <laughs> yeah. you can tell. <laughs> Jeez, mm. I thought it would have been something like this. This getting R rating would have been some weird comedy horror shit that you would have saw from um, what was that movie you made, Splatter. <laughs> like you see some weird monstrosity that just <laughs> shits, slither, slither, yeah, like slither, 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 just shits someone out or something bizarre like that, and they would have been what like, bu- yeah. "What the hell? What, how do we rate this? Just slap an R on it." <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, Scooby Doo. And as it as it says here, another note I've got here, it says like after the cast sign on, that's when like they they, they said yes to the original script and then yeah. sign on, and then I guess there was a studio mandate by Warner Brothers mm-hmm. to. I guess one make this film under ninety minutes, and then also to give this a G rating to get in all that sweet cash. I guess oh, that's sweet, sweet dough. Because yeah. even though this film was panned critically, like this was a huge success at the box office. Even though it never hit number one, because this opened the same weekend as The Born Identity in the US, mm-hmm. so it didn't do like massively. Like it didn't do that well in terms of box office standings. But like it made like I believe two hundred thirty six million worldwide. Which is, you know, big. For 2002, I mean, it's nothing now, but yeah. for a film back then, it, that <laughs> was huge. Well, that's, that's, that's before films uh, been hitting the billion, like, annually, you know. Yeah. yeah. What a weird movie, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, we start out with this film, and we I've noticed a lot of bad movies have this. Alternate, like, studio logos. Yep. So... <laughs> First, first of all, here's the first thing I noticed this, on my notes. <laughs> this is one of the things in the de- in the deleted scenes. There is, I guess, what was cut for time, an alternate animated opening. I oh, need to see that. That was awesome. So I there's an ultimate animated opening, which is awesome, and it's in the and it's set to the Shaggy remix or the Shaggy cover of the Scooby Doo theme song, which is a fucking banger. If you I need to watch that. that, I need to watch that. So yeah, it's an animated opening. It's about two minutes long in the original style of the of the old sixties car- sixties and seventies cartoon. Mm-hmm. And then it ends with the lunar ghost capturing Daphne, and then it goes into that. What happened to that? What the hell? I that would have been runtime. It was cool. This movie's only eighty-six minutes long, though. God it's damn short. It. Why that was it? But cut that for actually would have like made it for me, at, at least for the start, not for everything else. But like, wow. But instead, I'm so disheartened. <laughs> yeah. But instead, because all the best movies have these alternate logos, because of these course. movies are going to be hits, we get the Warner oh. Brother Br- Warner Brothers shield in the in the sky. The classic music's playing. And then a big bite gets taken out of the Warner Brothers shield and we get the... <laughs> <laughs> and then we see Scooby-Doo's dog tag drop down and it's SD, a mystery ink company. <laughs> where it would usually say an AOL Time Warner company, it says oh, a mystery how, ink company. How funny. And oh. we only get to hear a little bit of the shaggy cover of the Scooby-Doo theme, which is sacrilege. <laughs> like, absolute sacrilege. But just thinking about that, like, because we can get into the soundtrack of this movie a little bit too, because, oh like, Lord. the soundtrack is still, like, it's about as 2002 as you can it's get. It's so annoyingly oh, 2000. It's like a time capsule, <laughs> really. Just, like, oh I mean, put Smash Mouth in here, then you've got, like, the ultimate 2000. But for sure. I might as well throw a I, Shrek I'm monster su- in there for them to bust. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised that I am, like, shocked that Smash Mouth are not in here. Like, why aren't they doing a cover of the Scooby-Doo? Oh, my God. do <laughs> Especially doing uh, a cover yeah. live and having them in the background performing. Oh, uh, yeah. Fuck off, Sugar Ray. Get, <laughs> get Smash Mouth in here. Uh, yeah, we'll get to Sugar Ray later in the film. Jesus. But yeah, so just saying that like this soundtrack is obviously they had all of these signed on when they still had the R rating because like... It like, does not work. No, <laughs> it does not work. And it is it dates this movie. So there's a lot of things that date this movie. We'll get to one in just a moment that really, really date it. We were robbed of 
you know, hearing in all its glory the Shaggy cover of the Scooby Doo oh, theme boy. song. I mean, that is just like stunt, like soundtrack choosing. Imagine just like some intern, some Warner Brothers intern is like, hey, you know what? <laughs> you know who we should get to do? We should get Shaggy to do the Scooby Doo thing because, you know, Shaggy, Shaggy? get it? <laughs> And yet they still cut it. A million dollars, please. God damn. That, that would have been some people, some like producers, just high off their heads just, just <laughs> one day. And they're like, <laughs> you know what we should do? We should get Shaggy to, 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 to score the film. And then just just after that conversation, someone just calls them up and like, yeah. hey, you're busy? <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say that that idea to do that was just uh, bombastic. But... Probably the best music choice in the film, yeah. which is which is saying a lot. Okay, but then so we open in an abandoned toy factory somewhere where yet again Daphne has been kidnapped. Yeah, and we <laughs> open basically right in the middle of uh what would be a Scooby Doo cartoon, and this sick this scene is almost good. It is. It's like, one of the two scenes that to me feels like Scooby Doo, and yeah, the it, it's not obviously there, but it's the closest. And for it's that, like the remember. visual gags aren't too bad. Yeah. It's like something like that stuff, like the classic seeing them uh, run but not go anywhere. Yeah. Like yeah, on yeah, the yeah. treadmill, like that stuff I think works. <laughs> like, and seeing them in the original costumes is really cool too. Yeah. I mean, we might as well get into the cast for this film too because it, I think that's one of the best parts about they this movie. They nailed the cast. I, <laughs> I don't think the cast is necessarily good, but I think they nailed the cast. Yeah. So go through one. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting way of saying it actually. Yeah, so... <laughs> We'll go through it one by one. Like uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar as Daphne, I think is great casting. Yeah. And you've got because they were a couple and they're still married today, mm-hmm. and because uh, just like they, they were just a package deal. Yeah. Freddie Pinch Jr. is Fred. Apparently, Roger wanted an actual um, couple to play them. Like that yeah, was his, I was saw. His, you know his, his plan from the start, and like look how it turned out. Yeah, but apparently, like Sarah Michelle Gellar had a crazy schedule, like with this film, because like they shot this, like this was one of the first big, like major productions to shoot in Australia. Yeah, I mean, like the Star Wars prequels were shooting around the same time as this, but that was down in Sydney. Like this was shot entirely up at the Gold Coast, up in Queensland, right? And so Sarah Michelle Gellar, because she was still shooting. Like, still, like, Buffy was still going on. I mean, Buffy was just starting to get shit right mm-hmm. about now. <laughs> but she was still going, like, two weeks on set in, in, in on the Gold Coast, then flying back to LA for two weeks to shoot Buffy, then flying back for another two weeks. Wow. Like, doing this for, like, three months. Like, that is insane. That, that's, inc- that's, that's incredible. Holy Jeez, shit. I bet she would have just got immune to the, just the time difference. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, can you imagine? Like, that... that <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so, <laughs> so can only sleep on planes. <laughs> so you've got Sarah Michelle Gellar, and I guess they kind of, I guess they kind of wanted someone because they want to do an inversion of the Daphne character and have, yeah. like you know this like strong, this this actress who's known for playing a strong female for character sure. yeah, that yeah. has you know combat and fi- like on screen fighting experience and like you know uh, like martial arts training on screen and I think that's very smart casting. And also Fred, who's the most boring character in all of the show, and you've got it's true. 2000 and Hollywood's favorite sentient plank of wood, uh, <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. Ouch. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad. I mean, like he's he's living off like residuals from his wife these days, and he's doing a lot of like voice voice and video game work. Like oh he's, yeah, he's on Star Wars Rebels now. Like he's doing just fine. 
And also, in terms of package deals, because they were in like six movies together in around the late 90s and early mm-hmm. 2000s, Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard <laughs> is Shaggy, the best part of this entire movie and this series. And he is amazing. It literally launched his career in voicing Shaggy for like so many iterations of the show. Yes, like, exactly. Oh my God. Ever since Casey Kasem retired in 2010, yeah. he has taken over the voice of Shaggy. Like, wow. Except <laughs> for this new, this new animated film that they're doing, which they replaced him with Will Forte, and Matthew Lillard did not he find did not out know. about it. He did <laughs> know about it until like Variety or like the Hollywood Reporter tweeted an article he about the cast announcement. What the well, fuck? When he tweeted that, he was so gutted. Like, he was so gutted. I'm like, dude, like, oh, I was that? too. Yeah, who, I mean, he, he, for many of us, like, I mean, I grew up with with all the original shows, but still, like, he was the one. He was the voice I grew up with, like, a lot. And it was just so sad to see that they just like chugged him aside without, without even, like talking to him about it. Like, god damn. Poor Matthew. Jesus, sounds like they must have forgot that he was on the payroll. Like, or like what the hell? Like, anyway. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> we had this other guy, and he was doing it for, like, nearly a decade. <laughs> and they're like, no, nah, we'll get, you know, for the yeah. one And I like Will Forte, but, yeah. like, he's, it's, it's, come on, it's Matthew Lillard. <laughs> like, he nails him, the voice. It's, it's, he, yeah. he is shaggy. Matthew Lillard is now shaggy. Yeah. Especially now since Casey Kasem has passed away. Yeah. Like, Matthew Lillard is shaggy. Yeah. And then also as Velma, like rounding out this cast, Linda Cardellini. Yeah, I mean... Uh, <laughs> fresh off of... This is like right after Freaks and Geeks, right after Legally Blonde. Like she was in a bit of a hot spot at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, like r- the iron was still hot in her career. And I think she is great as Velma. She's, she's, I mean, she's the face of Velma for so many people and, and yeah. she's, she's great at it. Yeah. Who voiced Scooby? Uh, a random Australian. Oh. Like it was literally oh, just a yeah. guy on set. I remember you saying that. <laughs> so yeah, it's this guy named Neil Fanning. Apparently, Neil he's Fanning. like a like he's like a visual effects like kind of guy. He's That's just like funny. some local that did the on voice set of Scooby. Wow. And, like, he and Matthew Lillard became like best friends. Like, oh. <laughs> that's amazing. Because I know that Frank Welker, who voiced Fred, and uh, now voices Scooby, now voices Scooby. Yeah. He legendary, Fre- the legendary voice Frank Welker. He he. It turns out he wasn't the film playing just like a random creature. He was uh, the voice of all the monsters. I yeah, think. that's oh, all of them. That's insane. Because like. He's he is now to me Scooby because obviously after after this movie came out that's that's all he did, as well as Fred. But I didn't know he was in this movie. That, that's really good. Yeah. So back to this opening anyway. So they're oh, in this yeah, abandoned right. toy factory. <laughs> Daphne has been a, a Daphne has been captured by this lunar ghost. They're hatching a plan to capture the lunar ghost. Where Scooby and Shaggy <laughs> are going to pop out of an oil barrel and Classic. distract the lunar ghost. But Scooby has his tail hanging <laughs> out of the side of like one of the cork holes of the barrel. So that's Scooby Doo, like. And, I don't know. Yeah, that's a Scooby-Doo. And Luna Ghost lights it on fire. <laughs> we get this cartoonish thing of Scooby jumping out of the barrel, blowing on his tail. And we get another cartoonish thing of Shaggy like yelling at him. He's like, what the hell's going on? And he's like, look behind you, look behind you. <laughs> oh, man. And here's the thing, like, the Lunar Ghost, the, the costuming is actually really menacing. It is. And it's so much so that you think the Lunar Ghost is going to be the villain of the film because it initially was going to be. <laughs> really? Yeah, the, the Lunar Ghost was meant to be behind the whole Spooky Island well, thing. Well, let me tell you, it's together. much better. Oh, you know, it was definitely yeah. a better choice, but, you know. <laughs> but also, also, on the goddamn poster for the movie, you see the silhouette of the Lunar Ghost you in the background. You do too! Oh my god, there he is! I know, it's, it's, it's bizarre, because the, you go from this nice costume to these weird CG monsters that have just yeah, aged that, terribly. Oh, so bad. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to those. We will. <laughs> they are a lot of... <laughs> but yeah, so we get this cartoonish, like the Fred Flintstone running and running away from it. And of then course. for some reason, uh, like they try to capture the, the Lunar Ghost. And one of my notes I have, what kind of toy factory is this? Because there's a hose, they've got nets, they've got... 
They've got a conveyor belt with like big hammers. They've got a fucking quarter pipe for skateboarding. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. I mean, was was this like some kind of children's play center that was converted into a toy factory? Yeah, but that that still doesn't explain a lot of stuff. Like, stuff well, but you just it's bizarre. We we get this thing with the, like Scooby is on on his shoulders. Shaggy is on this uh, uh, like running away. Like they both got the barrel yeah. like in between them. They accidentally jump on a skateboard, and because it's 2002, we have to have like a skateboarding scene. That's the, yeah, that's on my notes. I, <laughs> like just like token like skateboarding scene. My God. So then we do this, and through a series of uh, events, too stupid to explain, they stop the lunar ghost, and this is where we get they crash into a pipe, like into a shelf of like Barbie dolls. And this is where we see Daphne like gets out, like comes out of the pile right under Scooby's butt, <laughs> and yeah, that's just a great visual gag. Oh man. And for some reason, the mystery ink comes barging in, and <laughs> the, the mystery, the mystery, the mystery oh, ink, yeah. the mystery machine comes barging in. And again, because it's 2002, for no reason, Pamela Anderson Pamela walks <laughs> out. I forgot she was in it. So, so when I watched it, I'm like, this is so jarring. That was so bizarre when I saw that. Just did she hop out of the the, 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 the yeah, mystery machine? I was like, what she, the she fuck? She hopped out of the mystery machine, which is because I know how much time it's so bizarre. <laughs> I can remember like that happening as as a child, and I saw it. I don't know ages ago, but I was like, how the fuck did the van get into the factory? <laughs> and that's how it happened because because there, there are all four of them are um are in the factory, or all five of them are in the factory, um just facing off the ghosts. I was thinking. Yeah, because like, there's just a big disconnect. I think, how the fuck did the van get the there? Oh, no. Pamela Anderson, who somehow yeah. did not make a, a She's reappearance. She's just a driver. <laughs> <laughs> Getaway driver for oh, Mystery, yeah. Mystery Inc. But the weirdest part about this scene is like, as soon as the Mystery Inc. van comes through, like all the press come in. It turns and, like, like, all these yeah. fans come in getting but Fred's it's autograph. Like, it's like, what, were they just waiting yeah, outside? Just waiting <laughs> at me. There's an actual serious like life or death situation. Yeah, like, people outside like. And also, outside. where the fuck are the police? <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm thinking like, did they all just come out of the van, or they're just waiting out there? And and oh, I'm, I was thinking, did they have like some kind of uh, deleted scene where they they just had all these people with cameras and windows recording <laughs> this shit? That's the thing. I, I find it, I find that really interesting. Is like sort of like a you know, like a subversion thing or like a satire because I know it originally was like a <coughs> poking fun of the Scooby-Doo films but obviously that didn't happen. But like, just like as an idea, it's just, it's so bizarre to have no yeah. cops show up and I thought that was like a nice so little poke. A, a, a mystery ain't meant to be like celebrities in this world? Well, yeah, they, they, they're, they're popular. I mean, Fred freaking like pulled out a shark yeah. out, of his, out of his jacket yeah. which he always carries on him because, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. signing stuff. <laughs> and it just, it's, I don't know. I mean, I mean, the second one kind of goes into the, the celebrity of the mystery yeah, ink yeah, a yeah. lot, which I guess we're going to have, like, now that we've done this, I mean, we kind of have to do Monsters Unleashed yeah. on this show at some point. But yeah, so then we get revealed as to who the lunar ghost is, and it's Old Man Smithers, <laughs> the creepy janitor. Oh, as, man. But this is what's really confusing. Like, apparently, like, she was saying, like, um, this guy was, hi- like, he went rogue. And Velma explains this guy went rogue or wanted revenge because Pamela Anderson turned him down on a date. So, wait, is he the janitor? So, hold on. Pamela Anderson is this news reporter that's interviewing Mystery Inc., but apparently she wanted to get revenge on Pamela Anderson wait, by was, was going that to this abandoned toy factory. I, I completely missed that. I, because you yeah. know what I thought the reason was, and this is probably because I'm thinking back on the old show, that it was some... some bullshit to do with like property uh taxation or something well, yeah. stupid like that oh, and then goodness. i'm like thinking what the fuck's a janitor doing <laughs> having all this lean because because all my mothers was like the the first you know guy under the mask in, in the uh, like 
the original show. So I liked that they did that sort of like owning his yeah. name. But to make that the reason to completely like flip it on its head, I guess that that's the R rated stuff. The question through. is: Is he the janitor of the toy factory, and is it Pamela Anderson's toy factory? <laughs> like, is that like Jesus was... Christ? I wouldn't want to know what toys that would be made. Why wasn't she there? Like, she knows the factory more than anyone else. Anyway, yeah, I don't. It know. makes no sense. But but then this guy has one of the greatest lines in this movie. Is like you would. Uh, it's like, why didn't you date me, Pamela? I'm a lover boy of George Clooney in proportions. Did any uh, of you catch that, uh, catch I, that line? I did catch that line, and I was just, I was just so I confused. I could maybe remember it now, actually. This is such uh. a weird movie because of just... Because you could tell, like, the writing's being, like, you know, severely, like, just changed. And it just... It comes out in these really weird moments, like Pamela Anderson and the janitor. Like, what? Mm. Yeah, but so after this, like, you know, it's been a success, and... Now, this is like playing on the tropes of the original. Like, they yeah. all realise that they're basically... They all kind of realise their place in Mystery Inc. And mm -hmm. realise they don't want that anymore. So, they all split up. Yeah. And this is another confusing thing. You would think that they all would have arrived here in the Mystery Machine. But when they all split off, they all have their own yeah. separate cars <laughs> that are all colour-coded <laughs> to their own things. I'm like, what? Yeah. What? So, you had... So you had them all coming in their cars and Pamela Anderson in the Mystery That's what, that's what was... I remember that as, like... I was thinking, like, uh, not remembering that as a kid, but when I saw it again, that happening, I was like, thinking, what the fuck? Is it just like, is this just like an old giant facade? They, like, they don't hang out or anything. It's like literally their job. Yeah, it's like, I'm I mean, playing the role of, uh, of Fred, the, the detective, or Velma, the detective. And it's just like shagging Scooby, just these poor blokes getting none of the cut. They actually have the mystery <laughs> head, and they're only, they're only legitimate dudes. Again, like, it's an interesting concept, but obviously the movie's not good at doing anything about it. But. No. That's just, that's so funny. I, when I saw that, I was watching it with my brother and sister, and they're like, wait, what the hell? The machine's then like, don't worry. Pamela Anderson's got that one covered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually she, her she, car. She's a chauffeur. No, that's uh, Fred and Shaggy just just renting out the, uh, yeah. Pamela Anderson's <laughs> van. Oh uh, you know Fred's trying to get an angle on Pamela Anderson too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because what, what an opening. Yeah. <laughs> so then, like most good films, after the first ten minutes, we cut to two years later. Of course, but, but, of course. but don't you find it strange that they break up at the fucking beginning of the movie? <laughs> that's like something you'd you'd find like that's, halfway through. That's so bizarre. Yeah. It's yeah. just I was this like, is an what? End of second act sort of. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Like I could I could remember it happening, but I didn't think it was that early. Like right after that that first sequence, like all right, let's break up. I guess oh can, my god, it was bizarre it structurally. Characters so well, but. It's just so weird. They, they, yeah, I don't know. They just, they, it, it could be, it could be a result of just cutting down the film. They might have had more yeah. footage before then. They probably I had to re reshoot that shit afterwards. If they had the animated intro, I think it would be better. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> same here, same here. So then we cut to two years later, and we see the mystery machine parked at a beach somewhere, <laughs> and we see this Cheech and Chong X smoke coming up from the, uh, coming yeah. out from the vents of the thing, and. <laughs> I mean, already playing on the illusions in the cartoon that Shaggy l liked a little bit of the of the yep. uh, of the <laughs> reefer there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we get this great fake out shot of the smoke coming up and a slow tilt down, and they're cooking eggplant burgers on like a little like uh, like a little grill within their like little hippie van that they've got there. Oh man! Don't and worry, it's, it's a, the seasoning. It's yeah. a <laughs> it's a chocolate covered eggplant burger with hot sauce. Even as a kid, that did not sell me. No. <laughs> like when I was a kid, and I was into anything that was like no. Nah. Mm. Props for keeping oh, Shaggy as a vegetarian too. Yeah, that's the one thing they, you know, 
held yeah. on to from the, <laughs> the show. So they get a knock, and again, playing on the idea that they're probably smoking weed, someone knocks on the uh, <laughs> on the on the on the van, <laughs> and they realise they're going nuts. <laughs> like remnants of gun script have stayed in here. It's and so it's clear as an adult, like watching it, it's like, what the hell? God, How so did we get funny. made? They're just knocking about, and <laughs> like. How much money would you pay to get your hands on like the early drafts? Of I this? need I need an R-rated cut of this movie. I, I need to see what the hell he's doing. Surprised his I didn't flush their fucking burgers down the toilet. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> that would be the perfect like. The perfect they pull out they pull out some like um <laughs> like airwick spray. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's grab a giant fish. That's two on the nose. That's two on the nose. Got to be a little little bit subtle somehow. Okay, so there's this re- there's this representative from a place called Spooky Islands that's there. That, Spooky that, Islands that want them that want um Shaggy and Scooby to go there to solve a mystery on their own. And they tell them it's on their own, but it's just a ploy to reform Mystery Inc., as you'll find out later in the film. But they're not sold on that because they said they won't go anywhere with the words spooky, castle, or anything. And then Scooby also says, or hydrocolonic, (laughs) which is like... And then Shaggy's like, yeah, we don't do that either, but it's for an entirely different reason. So, yeah, that went over over the head of the five-year-olds in the audience. It definitely did. Hey, Shaggy and Scooby don't like getting water up their asses, guys. (laughs) Oh, my God. But what sells Shaggy and Scooby to go to Scooby uh, to Scooby Island? Ooh, I'd love to go there. But Spooky <laughs> Island is the all-you-can-eat buffet. None other than the food, which is obviously the one thing that they're known for from all the cartoons and all the shows. Thank God they kept that going. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> and we don't get to see this buffet until the post credit or the uh, until the credits. Yes. In a another good cartoonish scene that was, I enjoyed. It was, yeah, it was very scooby right. Yeah. But so then we cut to the airport and we see Fred also got invited and Velma also got invited <laughs> and so did Daphne. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, are they oh. all getting back together. But here's where we get one of the first deleted or extended scenes oh. in this fact. So we, we get to hear what they've been doing in the last two years. Fred has just released a book called, I believe it was uh, Fred, on Fred, Fred on Fred, The Many Faces of Me. <laughs> <laughs> and... This extended scene, this extended scene cuts to him at like a Comic Con, like doing a talk about like his book, and it's like, is there any questions? There's like two rat yeah. kids in the audience, and he's like, hey, you suck. <laughs> they said so like you're 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 shit, or you're an idiot or something. Yeah, it's like you're a fraud or something like that. So he's oh, basically wow. he's basically getting heckled by two teenagers, and you can tell, oh god, like we'll get to it, but the Australian extras in this film, oh, oh they no. are primo. <laughs> Like, you can tell, like, these are some... Thank you, Gold Coast. Yeah, (laughs) thank you, Gold Coast. Yeah, so we have this, and then we see um, the weirdest of all three, actually... Actually, no, the last two are weird. This is the least weird. So then we get to uh, Velma, who says she's been working at NASA, but is also, like, taking, like, classes to, like, better herself. And then we cut to her flashback, which is not her working at NASA, but in, like, this self-help group, which is, like... In the same office, which I think is where, like, um, Amy Adams has her meeting in Nocturnal Animals, because it's this big white room with chairs in a circle, and there's, like, giant, like, Rorschach ink blots, like, surrounding this room. (laughs) And she's talking about how, like, in her time in the Mystery Ink gang, she was, like, always neglected and, like, always the one that never got any attention. And everybody, but everybody in the support group is like, oh, you were in Mystery Ink? (laughs) And it's, like, with Fred and Velma and Shaggy and that huge dog. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, what was that other? What was that other girl's name? Oh, Daph- Velma? No, Daphne. She was hot. <laughs> and and it's just Daphne. And it's Velma just looking like completely dejected and like oh, really no. sad. Oh my god. And then we see Daphne's, who she's saying she's turned her body into a dangerous <laughs> weapon. And then I bet Quentin Tarantino got ideas for Kill Bill with this film because <laughs> we cut to like 
we cut to like I think it's uh, Daphne. Sorry, I'm gonna get them confused. Daphne in Japan training with like uh, these these like karate like senseis and things like that, like training, and she does like this quadruple black backflip and somehow lands in a tree. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the most bizarre things in these deleted scenes. That's you know what's so strange. I was thinking like, and this is would have been before Kill Bill would have been released. Yeah, a year before Kill Bill. So I'm thinking like. Huge missed opportunity. They could have actually just done the whole Kill Bill thing. Daphne fight a bunch of dudes thing wearing like the game of death uh, outfit. Daphne on. versus the crazy 88. Yeah, Sign Daphne versus up. the crazy, crazy 88 and actually keep it in color. <laughs> <laughs> and then we don't get to see one from Shaggy because we saw what he'd been doing for the last two years. But to get Scooby on board, this is... I mean, this is cartoonish, but this is also dumb. It's so dumb, even for this, <laughs> even for this movie. Man. They dress Scooby Doo up as an old lady, <laughs> as Grandma Scoob, and people can obviously tell there's something wrong with this guy because he's got all, this, all these kids watching. Yet for some reason, the plane attendants allow them on. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, like, it's Scooby Doo. <laughs> like Daphne's, it doesn't Daphne says no one's stupid enough to believe yeah. that. Yeah, Daphne's right. And then what's like, it? Fred was like. Who's the ugly broad or something? (laughs) Who's the ugly old broad? Yeah, and then gets a big old wet slobbery kiss from Scoob. Mm. Oh, we're we're 30 minutes in and we haven't even got past like the first 15 minutes. (laughs) Strap yourself in. So we get get to the plane. The the, the Spooky Island has their own charter jet that gets them straight to Spooky Island. That (laughs) shot of the plane with like the voiceovers is the most like 2000s. It's just, it's It's, so... It's the worst. Like we're going to get to the monsters, but I think that is the worst CGI shot in the entire film. It's so bad. And the voiceovers just make it that much (laughs) worse. It's so funny. It's like, oh no, Scooby-Doo. It's so funny. But before that, the first plane shot we get, we see the plane in the air and we musical cue, simple plan, (laughs) 2002. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, it's so bad. And isn't that where, um, what's it? This is, yeah. So Scooby and Sha- Shaggy are sitting next to each other. We see a slow motion shot of, uh, bow, bow. <laughs> yeah, of like this slow motion music. And Scooby, uh, Shaggy's about to eat a giant sandwich, and Scooby, like, vacuums it out of his hand <laughs> in slow motion. That's a good gag. It is. And we're introduced to Welcome to Hollywood, Isla Fisher. <laughs> As the not so subtly named Mary Jane. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna mention that. <laughs> Man. The, the woman that um the, the love interest for Shaggy is named fucking Mary Jane. Oh like, come God. on, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, this is one of the first film roles, as we mentioned, of Australian actress Isla Fisher, who mm-hmm. I mean she, I don't think she's good in this. I'm glad she it was Wedding Crashes was a couple of years away, mm-hmm. but like good that she was getting work, local yeah. work. But I mean, what I just w- don't think she's ever been good at doing an American accent, like, ever. <laughs> yeah, she's not good with the characters, also. And there's like, not much to her, either. There's there not much to her. Like, she, she's just a pretty girl that has to laugh and smile and flick her hair she was every once in a while. Yeah. So, yeah. But, like, but here's the thing. Like, this is just the childhood innocence. Like, yeah. as soon as, like, I heard she, her name was Mary Jane and, and Shaggy was like, that's, like, my favourite name ever. <laughs> you look at Shaggy, man. No, that was terrible. I can do a better one. Like, Ma- Matthew Lillard said, like, to get the Shaggy voice right, he would just, like, scream in a room yeah, for, like, I- five minutes and then try and, be like, sound exhausted to do the Shaggy voice. But then, like, he, that exhausted him too much. So he just imagined what his voice would sound like. If he was doing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, like this, this seg- like where he sa- where Shaggy says that Mary Jane is like his most favorite favorite name in the world. Like, poor little like innocent, naive little seven year- six seven year old me was like, oh, Shaggy's a big fan of Spider Man. <laughs> 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 oh, how little I knew. <laughs> I and couldn't even remember the name. 
Like that first Spider-Man movie was around this time too. And that's yeah. one of my early memories of this film was actually, and this dates it in 2002 perfectly because like right around, they came out right around the same time in Australia and it, with a combo or when you saw them, like the local village cinemas around that time did a promotion where they would give you like a CD-ROM with like goodies and like promotional material of the film. And you could choose between Spider-Man or Scooby-Doo. And I got the Spider-Man one, but I know people that also got the Scooby-Doo one, mm-hmm. and I, you know, took theirs and got the CD wrong. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, that's it's it's weird than little memories of like you know little merchandise yeah, and yeah. things you have of like these certain films and things like that. But anyway, we're on the plane with Shaggy and Mary Jane, and Scooby is for because he wants some alone time with Mary Jane. He tells them to go sit over with with uh, Velma and she's allergic to dogs (laughs) and where is Daphne in this flight I think she she was at the bar like chatting something (laughs) up I'm pretty sure in this scene like she has nowhere to be seen maybe that was shot when uh, she was she was doing Buffy yeah stuff (laughs) It's like, yeah, Sarah, don't bother coming back to this one. It's, it's fine. Don't it's worry about it. It's just a Scooby-Doo, you know, just CGI or somewhere in the background. Okay. Hold on a second. Two big things in this scene right here. I know this movie was shot in 2001, coming out in 2002. But look, I get it's probably a private charter plane and there's like different laws and different rules about it. But in the year 2002 and people are just getting up and just walking across and sitting next to other random people on planes in 2002? <laughs> no fucking way. No, no way that's fucking happening. <laughs> And also, also, I doubt you'd be allowed to have a fucking cat not caged up sitting in your lap on a plane That's either. So stupid. And why are you taking a cat to a theme park? <laughs> so it's, anyway, Scooey Doo, sure. I don't think about it too much. Anyway, I just realized Big Mama's house came out like what two years before, and yeah. in this movie, you got Scooby Doo dressed up as a grandma. I wonder if that was like Roger was like Roger was like I'm gonna reference my own film in this scene because Pro- probably <laughs> because you know Big Mama's house was huge, ish. You know what? That's, that's a good theory. But anyway, this cat who is just sitting... It's probably this person's support animal. It's my support cat. I yeah, need, support I cat need for, it with me. For a theme park. For a theme it park. It helps me hunt pigeons at the, at the park. But anyway, Scooby sees this, starts going nuts. The hat flies off and the cat like runs down. No, before this, like to try and control Scooby, Fred's like to control a dog. All you need to do is flick it on the nose. So, and this is another, gra- this is another this, this is a good legit, this legit is a good gay. Guy. Fred flicks Scooby on the nose <laughs> and Scooby turns around and punches Fred in the face. <laughs> just like a, just, it's, it's just such a funny... Uh, I don't know why it's, it's just... Because it's like a sort of like a flip with it. I don't know. It's yeah. such well, a good it's sort of like Scooby's such a big dog. He's like bigger than most he's, yeah, he's humans. Huge. So a great name, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just that, that sound effect of the punch is so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, someone smack, smacked a steak like or something. It's like a full smack, yeah. yeah. My God. So yeah, this, this cat runs down the aisle and Scooby jumps out of the seat and starts chasing it. And this is where we get the horrendous CGI oh, shot of the plane. Beautiful. With, with the voiceovers screaming at Scooby and it's just... It's bad grandma, good. don't eat the kitty. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to Spooky Island and cute outcast. This song... Oh man! I mean, they were trying to emulate like the music from the sixties, sixties and seventies show, but Jesus. I don't think it really works. I mean, this song gets reprised in the end credits, and you actually hear the lyrics, and it's just about smoking weed with uh, Scooby and the gang, which Pretty is great. Much. But yeah, <laughs> it's all about the land of a million drums. It's so two thousands. I can't. I can't get over it. Yeah, <laughs> goodness. So we get to Spooky Island, and we're introduced to the owner of the park, a Mister Emil Mondavarius, played by a way too subdued Rowan Atkinson. What, what happened with this? What did? Why, why did Roger let him just be like normal? It's it's terrible. It's terrifying. Well, do you know who was originally meant to play this role? 
I do not. Tim Curry. And do you, you know get the two reason? Of the most energetic and most fantastic, like flamboyant characters, and you just suppress them like that. Jesus. But so here's the thing. Do you want to know why Tim Curry turned this down? Why? Tim Curry, huge Scooby Doo fan. Right. When he found out that Scrappy Doo turned out to be the villain of this film, he he hates <laughs> the character of Scrappy Doo. And when he found out that he's the villain, and no then he found way. out that his character was going to be manipulated by Scrappy, he turned it down. <laughs> See, I feel like I feel like as a Scooby Doo fan, I'm like an outcast because as a kid again a kid I didn't hate Scrappy-Doo in this I despise him but as a kid I was like oh yeah he's fine he's a bit annoying <laughs> but that's really funny Tim Curry just like being like the true Scooby-Doo fan he is I'd, I'd probably do the yeah. same Scrappy's annoying Scrappy is so was, annoying in this I was, movie I forgot that he was fucking in the movie and when I when I saw that he was shown again I remember what happened at the end yeah and I was like oh shit that's right <laughs> We'll get yeah. the end later. Also, the fact that Ron Atkinson, like, like that, you know, Ron Atkinson is so subdued, and that he's got Scrappy Doo, the most fucking like annoying, irritating guy, in, uh, dog inside of him. It's strange. it's bizarre. Like, shouldn't he be like? <laughs> based on that logic, Scrappy should be like annoying the hell out of the mystery. Oh, just I wish I wish they would have just had Ron Atkinson actually behaving like a dog. Just to hint out to the eye. Well, there, was, there is moments where he yeah. scratches his ear, and that's oh. meant to be that's meant that. to be a sign that oh, he's little, scrappy. Oh, I wish they played it a little bit harder because you know it's, it's Scooby Doo. It's a kids movie, and yeah. then he like licks a like a cup, licking his crotch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, or or actually like go behind like a, like him being the CEO, lift up his leg and take a piss on a pot plant. <laughs> Oh my god! In like oh the lobby wow. somewhere. So go full f- dumb. Just do it. And Scott Atkinson or even Tim Curry. Obviously, that didn't happen. But mean, that would have been perfect. Like with Tim Curry, I just imagine like the casting crew was like, "Well, fuck." Okay, Tim Curry. Tim Curry dropped out. Who's a crazy Brit? Who's another crazy <laughs> Brit we could get for this role? Fetch me, Mister Bean. <laughs> so yeah, we've got Emil Mondavarius, which is a really bad running gag with Fred, who can't pronounce his last there's name. One, there's one that killed his, me. That's like, not funny. Mononucleus. That's the one. <laughs> What? There's another. There's another one that I'll get. Uh, there's another one. Mondora Jagaga. He says <laughs> later in the film. Oh Jesus! But yeah. So then, and we also get to hear some of the names of the rides at Spooky Island, and we're making some. Uh, we're taking some stabs at Disney here. We have the Electrical Torture Parade and the Splatterhorn as rides at the Spooky Island. At Spooky Island. I'm surprised I don't have the Bone Shredder from uh, Nothing But Trouble. The, the bo- Bone Stripper. The Bone Stripper. <laughs> Alright, and then we get introduced to the problem that's happening here on Spooky Island. Like, they're all like spring, they all arrive to, spring, to, to Spooky Island as like, woo, spring break, let's go. <laughs> and they all leave as like these very uniform, very strict, like laced up, like ready to get straight back on the boat. And you're like, oh, they, what's going on here? They just look like like sleeper agents that have been activated. Yeah. It's bizarre. And so one of the, one of the uh, guys just coming in recognises the woman at the front of the line. The woman at the front of the line a very young Michaela Bannis from Upper Middle Bogan and Nowhere Boys oh, hello wow. <laughs> playing Carol and this guy Brad that comes up man if this guy isn't the late the early 2000s personified like in a the grunge like I think he's got a chain a silver chain of some sort he's got the like weird yeah. segmented spiky hair <laughs> like oh my the the 2000s persona, the early 2000s personified in that the 2000s was the 90s wanting to die. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of glad that I was too young to remember, like to remember this. Like I was four when this film came out. I'm kind of glad. And like, it's a shame Ashley wasn't on this show because she's a little bit older than us and she may have had a better like memory of around this time. But culture just must have been fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly. 
But like, yeah, so this guy, Brad, goes up to Carol Brad. and he's like, you know, we've known each other since we were like three. Like, what's going on? Like, don't you recognize me? And she's like, he's like getting all up in her face and like she grabs him throws him like 30 yeah. feet through the air like and says, get off my grill, son. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when the creatures pick up on the 2000 slang. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's slang. another part of the movie that I think is kind of funny. Yeah. So yeah, they all go off to try and f- figure out their separate clues. Uh, Velma goes to this thing that happens at night with this uh, this ritual thing that happens. And another good gag here: she's interrogating some guy in like a skull headdress. Is like seen any weird people around here like, recently? And she and the guy's just like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, and then we get like this tri this this band of like tribal dancers come out, and we get introduced to like this. Uh, like this witch doctor or something and yeah. his uh, his Lucha Libre wrestler sidekick. <laughs> and they tell this story about like the history of the park, which I'm just trying to get, get up. So apparently the island centuries ago was a gateway to the supernatural realm, but Emil Mondavarius built a theme park, forcing the creatures into hiding, and for years they have been plotting their revenge. I'm sniffing some colonialist uh, subtext here, Ooh. guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was catching a little bit of that, like, uh, the shining buried on an Indian ground. So, yeah, and and then we start to see, like, all the people starting to get brainwashed here because we start to see people in the uh, in the, in the the stands, like, starting to chant along with this yeah. and, like, you know, look very straight-faced and, like, you know, open-eyed and, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, chanting along to this. And Velma's, like, just, like, what the hell is going on here? But Velma has this dude next to him. This di- this dude that's meant to be a love interest. Somehow even less developed than Isla Fisher's. Like, <laughs> oh my god. Like, this yeah. guy. It's laughably like... I don't understand because I'm pretty sure we see him then. And we might see him once you more. You see and him then again. at the end. And yeah. Tip, like, what, three times? Maybe a bit more? Anyway. I think sad. I think <laughs> I don't know why this was added. Because apparently in the early scripts, um, there was a heavily implied, uh, uh, like, on and off relationship between Velma and Daphne. Like in the early scripts, right? And yes, there was. There, there was. was, and I guess like this is a fact of like, oh shit, we, this is a G movie. We can't make Velma gay. Quick, throw in this guy. <laughs> that's probably why that's there. And I guess there is still there is remnants of a potential relationship, like that moment when they're in the Spooky Island castle and Velma scares Daphne and then tickles her. Like, yeah, that's probably one of the remnants of that script, yeah. hinting at a potential relationship mm-hmm. between those two. We've got Velma there at this thing. We have Daphne going to this, like... No, this is the witch doctor who's about to do, like, this weird sacrifice yeah, on a chicken, to, like, kill a chicken. But the chicken's fucking dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and this guy, wa- this guy warns, warns Daphne, like, there's some weird mystical shit on this island. Go home. He actually says, get your skinny aerobicized booty out of here. <laughs> oh, my God. And there's this thing. But whatever you do, don't go to the spooky island castle. And because it's, again, probably it's of the time, it's like, haha, you're trying to make me not go there by saying don't go there, but you want me to go there because you're saying me not telling me not to. And this guy looks yeah. so stunned. And he's, like, <laughs> he's, like, he's just like, what? <laughs> what in the world? I think that's actually the line he says. And what is Shaggy and Scooby doing right about here? Oh, no, they're just at like a bar somewhere. And this is where, and, and this is actually Isla Fish's best delivery here. Uh, Scooby gets a phone call from the bartender <laughs> of a guy saying, <laughs> I got a bag of hamburgers for you. Just oh. come out into the forest <laughs> where no one can see you. And Scooby just like, in a beat goes, okay. <laughs> just runs straight out. Yeah. 
So while that happens, Shaggy and uh, and Mary Jane, Mary Jane, they go to a claw machine, and Shaggy is very good at the claw machine, and he grabs, he get, he wins a prize for her, which is like a stuffed head with long hair, and this is a good line and delivery from Isla Fisher. She's like. No one's ever given me a dismembered stuffed head before. <laughs> I love like, that line. That's a great line. Yeah, it is. So then we see, like, Scooby's looking for this bag of hamburgers. Of he course. finds that the bag's empty, and this is the first we see of this horrific CGI monsters, which <sighs> have definitely, which looks like they were rendered on a fucking gateway computer. The thing is, when I first saw it, I'm like, okay, this isn't as bad as I thought. But when you see them with, like, the actual human, like, the actual actors, that's yeah. lo- it looks, it somehow makes it look even worse. And, like, they God. They just look... It's weird because <coughs> some of this old CG, they actually have a bit of, like, the problem now is, is everything looks fucking flat. Yeah. It's, like, too much yeah. detail. You just don't believe but that, like, that they're there. These things, like, they, they look, they have, like, depth, but they l- looks like they haven't put a skin over it. It's, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like, weird. The thing is, like, I'm surprised we've gone this long without, like, mentioning C- CGI. Talking about Scooby, I don't think Scooby looks that bad. I don't. I think he actually he holds up okay. I think it's the eyes, it's the face that looks fucking. Let's creepy. have a look. He does like have I, weird human the, looking the, eyes. The eyes look creepy. I I, don't I never got that vibe. I think he held up fine. Oh no, I see it now. Yeah no. Yeah. It's human eyes on a dog body. It's human <laughs> eyes on a dog body. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not good. I don't and like. Some it. of it the animations creepy. are a bit bizarre as well, but yeah. it's not too bad because it's like you know cartoony kids movie. Yeah, but you can tell they put effort into Scooby. They yeah. did yeah. not yeah. put effort yeah. into these monsters. I mean yeah. <laughs> Well, considering that the the ghost man was supposed to be the original villain, and, and then they were just told that to change so this. And oh e- even no the weird wonder. protoplasm heads don't look that bad. We'll get to them, but the mm. protoplasm they that, they've, they've held up ish. Uh, okay, yeah, not terrible. Like, yeah. Mm. like so, the yeah. creatures. So Scooby, even though he can't find this thing, he climbs up. He he sees the monster and he starts jumping off. Like he starts climbing up a tree, but it's like a really thin. Like really tall palm tree, and like he jumps off it, and it flings this monster onto a roller coaster, which is another really bad CGI <laughs> thing. Oh, oh my, my god! I remember that scene, Jesus. So yeah, and then Scooby comes back saying, "There's a monster in the woods, monster, monster!" And like there's a guy coming, and it's just this giant guy in a bunny suit, and he's like, "Oh, calm down, Scoob. What's going on?" The classic, yeah, yeah. And then this is where Daphne meets up with Shaggy and Scooby. He's like, oh, come on. There's a castle up here. So they, they go up to this spooky island castle. And this whole sequence, I mean, you could tell this was just to promote the roller coaster they were building next door at Movie Which World, is amazing, by it? the way. I Which went they, three times in a row. Yes. they. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, the, the Scooby-Doo spooky coaster, if you've been to uh, Warner Brothers Movie World on the Gold Coast, Warner Brothers Movie World is located basically right next to Village Roadshow Studios where most of this film was shot. Mm-hmm. So basically, yeah, they were building a theme. They were building the theme park ride right next door, and that's basically why this scene is in the movie. The <laughs> thing is, though, funny enough, for Santa's entire built on promotion, it's the most I felt like it was Scooby Doo in terms of like, you know, your spooky haunted house aesthetic, all that stuff. It yeah. was ruined by some something that happens later on, which is really bizarre. Some training video that I remember that just <laughs> so. We, we, I guess we'll get, we'll to, get that. to it. Yeah, but really wait, weird. Wait. But for the most part, <laughs> but for the most part, I, I thought it actually got. The atmosphere of Scooby Doo, somewhat, you know. Yeah, it's like stuff like that, and sort of like them hiding in the like the, the <laughs> night. <outfits>. Yeah. <laughs> like like that's like that stuff's all good. Yeah. Again, it's not there yet because it's mm. very two thousands, not in a good way. But 
it's yeah, it was a closer to Scooby Doo. I think the sh- the, mm. the film got al- along with the opening. Yep. So they, so Daphne, Shaggy, and Scooby get to the uh, get to the sp- spooky castle. They don't want to go in because they had that thing about castles. But then they convince she convinces <laughs> Scooby to go in there with a Scooby snack. Scooby snack, the classic oh. Scooby snack. This is something as well, like something as well with this. Uh, the line of sight with Scooby and all the other characters, I think, is pretty good. Yeah. And and the interactions because they just basically like this is before motion. I mean, motion capture was a thing. Like Lord of the Rings was around this time, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as like used as much as it is now. But yeah, like they basically basically before each shot, I was watching the behind the scenes footage. They basically just before each shot, a guy with Scooby Doo's head on a stick would come <laughs> out and say, "This is where Scooby's eyes is going to be in this scene. Yep. Look here." That's and then yeah, <laughs> I mean, it worked. It's, it worked pretty well actually. So and yeah, so we do this. Scooby's head on a stick. They, <laughs> <laughs> they all go in and Fred and Velma catch up to them, realize what's going on. And they all split up and da- he says, Daphne and I, and Velma's like, oh, I always get picked last. <laughs> and yeah. so they do that. Daphne goes off on her own. Sk- Shaggy and Scooby do their own thing. And Velma and Fred go together. Yeah, they all go into different parts of the roller coaster. Shaggy and Scooby are at this weird fucking part of this like ride where it's like this haunted banquet, which <laughs> like... <laughs> I don't. I don't get this. When the when the ride turns on, that's what I was is thinking. Is it possessed? That's what I was thinking. How like, does it yeah. work for the actual kids and stuff going on the ride? Because it, it seemed like something that wasn't a part of the ride. That's it's what, exactly. That's what's so it, weird about it. It, it was very. It was. Uh, it was fucking creepy as shit. Yeah, it seems. <laughs> I wouldn't want my kids in there because no. like the, f- the bloody food would kill them. The freaking yeah, sh- strangling Scooby and Shaggy. Like. Yeah, this this theme park like definitely got closed down because it was not safe. Like. Like, Daphne is inches away from being fucking impaled on a bunch of spikes yeah. in this. Fred and, Fred and Velma almost get, um, you know, cut up by swing, double swinging pendulum blades. Yeah. Which is part of the ride in yeah. movie world. Mm. Like, as soon as you get to that, it has a big dip. It's so it's good. a lot of fun. And only bad thing about that ride is you get the, um, you get the new metal cover. Not the shaggy <laughs> cover. Not the shaggy cover of the Scooby Doo theme song New because metal. that that would be too that would be too no. mellow on a roller coaster. Greatest idea ever, but we're not going to use it. Wait at a all. second, you got a metal cover on the ride now? Yeah, the metal cover that's in the at the at, in the uh, in the movie is oh. in the is on the ride. Oh. Also, when you queue up for the ride, you've got like this behind the scenes. Like, yeah, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like the movie, it's so funny. It's great. How does Fred fucking stop the roller coaster again? Oh, they, they try to look for a secret passage. So yeah, they yeah. see a bookcase. It's like, there's always got to be a book. They pull out one. They can't find it. The blades are getting closer. Like, what happens? Uh, Fred somehow gets himself in front of the blades. Velma throws him a book. Grabs He grabs the book and, like, it throws him through a fucking glass pane into this control room. Oh, yeah. Where we forgot to say he knocks over, like, this very short man who's, like, watching through eye holes in, like, a cherub painting <laughs> on the walls. That's very a very Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo thing, yep. too. Yeah. Yep. So I appreciated that. But, though, so the ride stops and then we get to this training room scene, which you're going to talk us through. The thing with that, just before I do, with the... um. With the the thing that stops the ride, it's it's literally like Fred's ass that touches yeah, the lever. Yeah, it's a lever that, like, that pulls Fred's, it down. Fred's ass and Velma's book saves Daphne's life. So the training video segment, I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> it's very weird. Oh. It's like there's so much time I, spent on it. Yeah, I don't even know what to. I kind of love it because it's very. It. Yeah, no, it's, it's not, a. 
it reminds me of like uh, what's it? There's like that weird documentary like Reefer Madness where it's like yeah, all this shit about like oh your kids are getting dodgy because they're touching drugs and like and like take them to to the Christian the cat like the the Catholic boarding school so they can get straightened out. It seems like all this like the shitty training videos they'd show you at like corporate retreats for like teamwork building and shit like that. But mm. yeah, like the guy, see, so bumps into him. He's like, "I will crush you." And, and again, it's a, it's a, you can tell it's an Australian trying to do an American accent. He's like, "I will crush you into dust." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, no, here's how this situation should have got should have got down. I, I think I I think I may have had the notes of what they actually said. You yeah, want the freeze frame? Yeah. Like the person like appears in the from the middle. Like, yeah, here's how it should go down. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my god. But I can't remember what he actually says. But it ends with him going word and winking into the camera and there being a little spark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's great. Like well, I love that kind of stuff. It's like they realize okay, they're somehow brainwashing these teens into doing something like this. Yada yada. What a scene. But then uh, again, like this this animated opening got cut out somehow. But yet this movie has time to waste two minutes on a farting and burping contest between Shaggy and Scooby. Here's Scooby. the thing about that yeah. scene, right? That is that fits into their character so much. Yet it just it's still bad. It's still it's, it's just the execution. It's, it's just exactly. it's too like, much. It's he, way too much. He burps. He burps out something. Catches it in his hand. Throws it around yeah. his body. Throws it back into his mouth <laughs> and then farts it out. Yeah, it's what they're doing. Fucking stupid shit it's like so that. And then the they top. end it with like farting in front of like Daphne or something. That's yeah. when it so gets a bit. I mean, yeah, again, it gets a bit Matthew over Lillard, the top. Like he aces it in terms of Shaggy being a you know a juvenile idiot, but it just feels so off and mm. just the execution. Yeah. It just feels too try hard. It does. That's and that's why it just doesn't. In Scooby Doo, like it works. Like in individual shows, it works for them just being mm. idiots. But like in a Scooby Doo show, if they were to do something similar, it just they they would make it seem more casual instead yeah. of like them they actually genuinely having a competition. Like, a <laughs> like, oh, I'm I'm going for a record now. Sparts <laughs> a twenty seconds straight. Oh man, it's like. Pops a, I don't know, a, a muscle in his ass or something. <laughs> it's, so, over, it's definitely overdone. <laughs> we forgot to mention as well, just before Daphne finds them, she is this where she finds the MacGuffin of the film or is that a little bit later? Oh, I don't remember. Where we find this weird pyramid thingy called no, the I think that's a bit. I think that's a bit later. I actually forgot. I think that's here. I can't remember, but yeah, she finds this. Oh, no, no, I think no, it is. They I take it back to the hotel because D- Velma examines it later. Yeah, with her so, boyfriend. Yeah, they find <laughs> this thing, the Damon Ritus. So Ooh. it's this weird pyramid with like markings on it that like if you touch it, it opens up into like the little fold out things that you used to have in like kindergarten. Mm. It's like pick this, one, two, three. Oh, I don't know. Oh. Like chatterboxes. That's it. Chatterbox, that's yeah. It. That's yeah. It, it, thing, it opens up into a chatterbox sort of thing. Yeah. Close back up. And they run out. They they, they somehow escape. Uh, the the witch doctor, well, the 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 guy and the lucha libre wrestler. <laughs> and this is where they they see them coming and they hide as the statues behind so it. So good. Nice yeah. little, I love that gag. And they get back. They get back to the hotel lobby of the of the spook, of Spooky Island, and they let uh, Emil Montevarius let know what's happening. And who they, if they've got suspects, they let them know that the witch doctor's a suspect. Both the like the historian guy is a suspect, and also himself, Emil himself, mm-hmm. is a suspect too. Yeah. And he says, "Why am I a suspect?" He's like, "It's nothing personal. You just creep me out." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ron Atkinson playing it safe is definitely creepy. So yeah, I don't, I don't blame them for thinking that. And then this is one of the weirdest scenes we get. So uh, Velma is looking at like researching the Damon Riders, like looking at like the scriptures and stuff like inscribed on the on the thing to try and transcribe it. Mm-hmm. And we see the guy with the he's got like this tattoo, like a bald head tattoo, like the guy that was talking about the 
like the bit like the burial stuff. Oh like yeah, 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 yeah. He comes <laughs> over. He sees. You think something's gonna go down? Menacing ass. This menacing thing comes over, sits down at the piano, and, and starts, starts playing, playing really chill. Yeah. So now in the film we see uh, we get this bad like this guy must have been reshoots like he came in for reshoots and things like that because he has this conversation with Velma in the deleted scene oh, as soon as she yeah. as soon as he starts playing oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. as soon as he I starts playing the piano <laughs> for reasons I don't know why James Gunn reasons James Gunn <laughs> because I guess James Gunn likes Frankie Valley in the four seasons uh, Velma comes <laughs> up and sings uh, take my eyes off you why isn't that in the movie? I don't know. God is, damn it. Yeah, it's weird. Isn't she, isn't she singing it to, to Fred? I don't know. She's singing it to someone. I don't know. I think she's just singing it to whoever's listening, to be honest. I it it looked like she was singing it to someone. It, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't tell. But she was, she was I think, supposedly drunk, hinted in that yeah, film. Yeah. And then and probably in that shot, she probably was drinking alcoholic beverages. Because later on, they have the joke where it's like, oh... Uh, I don't know why she's, uh, you know, behaving like this. These aren't, these are non-alcoholic drinks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless she was spiked by the weird guy. The, yeah, the love prob- you know what? Probably. <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it past that. So, th- so we don't get to see that. The the, the musical no- number ends. Uh, we see the monster come in the window. Scooby gets scared again and one. hides under a table. And Fred is like saying, you're embarrassing all it's of us. It's a really overlong, like. Irony mm. joke. It's like yeah. so not. <laughs> but here's here's a line I completely missed as a kid because it made no sense to me as a kid, and all the four year olds in the theater would have loved this. Is like this is more embarrassing than the time you cleaned your beans at Don Knotts Christmas party. I want that movie. <laughs> I, what? <laughs> Give me a flashback for that. You can't just drop that and then not have anything there. My God. And then as soon as that happens, like Scooby's like, hmm. <laughs> he does like a creepy little smile after that. Oh my god! And like a laugh, and then yeah, it's like there's no su- yeah. Fred's like there's no absolutely, such thing absolutely as no such thing as and then, yeah. monsters burst through, attack everybody, and look, we can get into this now. Scooby Doo is always a man in a mask, yeah. and James Gunn. One of the things he wanted to do is not do that, which is admirable in a sense. But as soon as supernatural stuff starts to come into it. That's a bit out of Scooby Doo's depth, and that's not really Scooby Doo anymore. Yeah, see, I really if he if he did want to do that to not to sort of keep it ambiguous, sort of have like I don't know, Man of the Mask at the end, but some things might seem a bit more how how is a man doing this kind of thing that seems like yeah, could have been yeah. supernatural. So I think that could work if he goes somewhere in the in the middle field, but yeah, it's sort of playing like doing the. Um, like straight up monsters yeah. It, it, it sort of just like kills because you, you sort of I, I guess even though you always know it's going to be a monster at the end you're always thinking like well could there be that one time where you know could could not be a monster or i mean it could not be a man in the yeah. mask it actually yeah. is a monster kind of thing but yeah it's just completely gone yeah like if it was a big reveal that would be good but the fact that there are just monsters in this film and i mean i know like all of the 90s um director dvd scooby-doo like animated films deal, dealt so with much. like dealt with like aliens and like sh- there was one where shaggy turned into a werewolf and like more recent ones have scooby-doo hanging out with like batman and kiss for some reason We're talking about those and ones. like john cena but well, like no, not talking about that <laughs> But yeah, so we get the monsters. Uh, I think is it Fred that gets Fred gets uh, attacked first, and he gets burped on and faints. Yeah. And this is the thing, and a, a classic Velma dropping her glasses joke. The monster picks it up, puts it on. It's like, oh, that's a really impressive mask. I'm like, Velma, you're smart. This is a fucking ten foot. <laughs> this is a ten foot giant monster that you're 
that that is grabbing you with one hand and you're trying to rip its face, like trying it, to pull its mask off, and this might be the worst CGI. The monster in the film. really looks. You're trying, it's exactly stretching the face. Yeah. And then like literally like next to each other, you just tell it's so bad. And it was so funny when they tried to do something like that later on in the film with the with the girlfriend. Remember oh, that? We'll that, get to that, it. That scarred me as a kid. But you know God. what? The, those monsters, they literally look like giant anorexic skinned rabbits. It's so bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to describe them. Holy shit. Wow, what a description. <laughs> so, yeah. So then we get... Um, so what happens? Uh, who's been taken at this point? So Velma Velma gets burped on and faints too. It's, o- it's only Fred and Velma that really get taken The, the lethal here. combination. <laughs> well, it's green gas that knocked them out. So they get... <laughs> The no, they just they, they just burp out like tear gas or something. I don't know. <laughs> so then this ha- so this happens. Um, Mary Jane gets like sucked into the gang. So it's and there's another funny gag where like uh, Mondavarius is like, "Oh, help me, help me!" And Daphne's like, "Don't worry, I'll take care of you." And then a hand just grabs him from underneath <laughs> and rips him down. That's pretty funny. <laughs> so then they all get together. They try and find Scooby Doo again. Another Scooby Doo thing. He's in a suitcase, like trying to trickle around on his tippy toes. And correct me if I'm wrong with the music, um, the music cue in this. I believe it's like a House of Blues sort of cover of like Dance Magic Dance from Labyrinth. It is weird. I do not remember that, but oh my god, <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of terrible, but it's like strange. <laughs> yeah, and then they somehow they escape the hotel by running out on a on a on a luggage cart out a window, and then they see that they hide in that big ceremony area where da- Velma was at the big at mm-hmm. earlier in the film. I thought they slept on the beach. This is coming because this oh. is this. I is, don't understand that we entire so, coast guard bit. I'm sorry. We need, we need to talk about that for like a solid ten minutes. But for the first, <laughs> what is that? Oh, yeah, God, sorry. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So they they find out that the monsters are taking all of them to this like to like this this big door like underground that leads to like we find out leads to some kind of cave. Yeah. And they're like, okay, like l- l- like something's happened. We need to call the police. So Isla Fisher calls the coast guard. Tells them they're on Speaking Islands. Like, okay, we'll have a boat there right away. They hang up. It's like, someone's in trouble out on the island. And then they just start creepily laughing. And then one of them like, ha, 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 ha. And then... We never see anything Cuts to next morning. Never see them again. They fall asleep on the beach. Like, the island has been trashed the night before. Yeah. They wake up. Everything is and perfectly fine. people just walking in on Are the, the island. Are the Coast Guards in on this? Like, are the Coast Guards, like, the fucking cleaners from John Wick? Like, do they just come out, like, do they come out, clean the entire island, like, get rid of all the corpses, like, you know, repaint everything, restructure everything, and then Rowan Atkinson flips them a coin and they get back on a boat and leave? It's funny because because even the synopsis on on the wiki doesn't even, like, it it skips that part because no one can make sense (laughs) of it. Like, how does it it fit into the... You you know what what else is strange? You mentioned the voodoo man living on the island. What... Why do they have people in like residency there? That's what, what else. That's, that's, that's what else. Is well, you need confusing. people to live there. Like, Spooky no, but like, must be a summer job. Why, I the fuck, <laughs> why the fuck isn't he possessed or anything like that? And he seems like to be the only guy that's living in a set of four little villas on the shore. Like, what's he? What's he doing out there? Like, I, I mean, uh, I don't really care for the reason. I just think it's 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 a strange thing. So I decided. It's to very very. Now, why doesn't out. why doesn't that guy team up with them in the end? Like that is. Why didn't that happen? If not, if not team up, why didn't they have him like trying to sail off in a little shitty dinghy or something, or at least <laughs> yeah. a rowboat, which would be even funnier? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so the so the park was destroyed, and as we find out, because the because as we said, the uh, coast guards are like the cleaners from John Wick. They all wake up and realize what the hell just happened, and then everyone's back alive, but they're all dressed in 
the two they they are all in two thousands garb and they're all talking like trash. <laughs> and there's a big beach party, big spring beach beach party. Oh my God. And this is the scariest part of the movie. This is the the scariest agreed. part of agreed. the movie. It just goes. It overflows sh- with two thousands shitty party. Yeah, music. it is. Yeah, the scariest part of this movie is, of course, Sugar Ray. <laughs> <laughs> like originally meant to be Weezer, and now, but they, Sugar Ray apparently okay. took over. That's and a choice. Th- I mean, these guys look like monsters anyway, so don't, well, I wasn't surprised <laughs> when like this guy. But I, I, Shots I, sa- fired. I said this Brad guy looked like he was the the early two thousands personified. This no. lead singer. Like the fucking muscle shirts, the fucking the I think he has a pierced ear, like the frosted blonde tips. Like he probably oh, has a pierced just, eyebrow as well. Oh, I think he did too. Oh, he might have had like the shaves a little bit in his eyebrow <laughs> oh, too. I bet he did. A fucking worst. Oh my god. So Scooby and Shaggy are like finding them here. Um, th- so then uh, I believe Daf- they all split up. Daphne goes off to find some something somewhere. Uh, like Isla Fisher goes off somewhere and she's never seen for a while. But then Shaggy and Scooby find Fred. Now, <laughs> Sh- Shaggy and Scooby find Fred. And here's the thing. Um, use of the word biatch in a G-rated film. Yeah. Didn't expect that. No. Oh, I guess if it's biatch, it's not exactly bitch. Biatch. So I think they could get away with it. Mm. And and he's just talking, and this is Freddie Prince Jr. as himself in the uh, early 2000s. <laughs> he says, he, yeah, he says uh, something is the Liz Niz in this scene. And he's like, you know what I'm saying, right? And Shaggy's like, no. <laughs> Shaggy, like us, I'm just horrified by the slang in this movie. Yeah. But no, uh, but another good line in this, like uh, he sees Shaggy and Scooby's like, oh, what up, dog? And dog? <laughs> That's a good line, actually. That's a good line, yeah. But then, yeah, they they burp green gas, and then they're horrified, and they run away, and we get this chase scene through the park. So we get this chase scene through the park, and they uh, they're locked up in this uh, abandoned like uh, garage or barn of some sort, and they're all trying to attack them. And I realized Sugar Ray are also trying to attack them. Sh- <laughs> like the lead singer of Sugar Ray is like belting down the door with a guitar. <laughs> But then Scooby is like, Rikes! And he's like, yeah, yikes! And he's like, no, bikes! And there's quad bikes, and, you know, we've already had skateboarding, so now we get a quad, quad bike scene. Oh, we yes. get a quad bike chase. Hell yeah. And this is where we get, they race, they re, they see Isla Fisher again, like she jumps back on Shaggy's One bike. One of the most horrifying things and in the film. And she gets fucking, <laughs> she gets fucking clotheslined by a tree branch. And, and her skin is just her, like. Yeah, her face has been like pushed off to the left out. or something. And then she like tries to fix oh, it. Hey, what's, what else is so one. weird is that like the gaps, there's no flesh, it's just no, black. No, it it's is. Black. It's <laughs> black. It's horrifying. As a kid, as a kid, that fucking scars. It, it stays in your memory. Okay. And I remember when it was on TV, right after that, that was when they cut to commercial. I'm like, no, no, don't <laughs> cut it now. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, but there was some, so there was some deleted scenes. There is some deleted scenes right here because around here we see Daphne walk out of a lady's bathroom and she's captured by the Lucha Libre guy. Now this is probably <laughs> the most famous deleted scene in this film. Should we, have you not, do you remember? I don't remember this. All right, we're going to pause it and show George. Okay. okay. Yeah, sure. Because I can't like, remember it exactly, happened. but it was pretty bizarre. All right, we're going to pause the podcast and we're going to show George oh this God, okay. and come back. What? And we're back. <laughs> George. What the? F- <laughs> what? Because <laughs> you can see like this, like where God wanted to be like sexual with you know, Daphne and Velma's relationship. But then it's also just really fucking bizarre. <laughs> so and then, and then that, that next such a good way to sort of end the scene. <laughs> 
So what Jesus. happened? Daphne goes into the women's locker room and she sees Velma in a two-piece dancing on top of like a bench, and there's like, and is like, Velma, what are you doing? And what's the line she says? Like, I'm just trying to get my swerve on. Yeah. And just like this close-up of Daphne, like of, of, of um Velma, just like looking straight ahead, like just dancing, and it's just yeah, it's. So it's <laughs> It's I wonder what what went through her mind. Like, yeah, Linda but then while she did that, so then Daphne mentions the creatures, and then that like makes her like thing is like I actually remember something about that, and then we get two neck cranks oh, with some great great foley work there. Wonderful, and she's like, I remember hearing that half scream. It kind of sounded like insert monster scream here, and yep. it's. Well, I remember when f- I first saw that. It's genuinely creepy. It is the first time, and it's effective, and it should have been in the movie. Why it was cut, I've got no idea. I mean. Well, they needed to CGI out the cleavage, <laughs> and it was just—it was too much because there was like five five other extras in two pieces yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that's probably why they're not. I—I I thought they wouldn't have uh, been that. I thought at this point in time they still would have had that like women in two pieces early two thousands with with a bit of bust out <coughs> um, in a G rated film. I think I think probably in a G or maybe PG. I don't know. I don't think they would have slapped an R on it. That, that's why I'm thinking like what else was if there? it was an R cut. It must have been. They must have had drugs, and there must have been oh, weird, for sure. more weird for sure. shit with a neck twisting. I need like, that literally, so need bad. Like I, I, I would have thought that there would have been some weird violence in it. Like maybe someone, you know, died. Like some final destination uh, person falls on a fucking roll roller coaster track and gets cut in half <laughs> or something weird like that. In a Scooby Doo film. This I love. I love this idea so much. That's what I wish. If they actually had the, if they actually had a. The R cut, which it seems like they had, which they sent to the um, MPAA. If if the, if, the, if that version is how I describe it, it would be amazing. <laughs> so we get back to Shaggy, Scooby, and Mary Jane, and Scooby like starts barking like angrily at Mary Jane, saying <laughs> that she's a man in a mask, <laughs> and Shaggy doesn't believe him whatsoever. This yeah, causes a bit of a fight, and this is another problem with Scooby Doo. He should not say long sentences. Keep him to five. <laughs> keep him to five syllables or less, please. <laughs> <laughs> like he should not be like he says your mommy eats cat poop but it's your mommy eats rat poop <laughs> and it's it, the it longer doesn't it goes sound on, good the, yeah. the more you lose it yeah yeah it, it, he shouldn't say sentences that are that long like cause he's not meant like he doesn't really talk nah. in the show nah, he just says ro ro and like, Scooby Dooby Doo really it's more his and he laughs and his dialogue. Yeah. yeah exactly so we do this um, Scooby falls into like a manhole somewhere <laughs> and gets lost and um Oh, this is another weird thing. Shaggy's going to go after him. But like, uh, <laughs> the way he goes uh, in, I yeah, can't. He does it, so he dives in head first, but before that, he's like, i got to go say my best pal. But then we get Isla Fisher. He's like, no, Shaggy, don't. <laughs> and then Shaggy, Shaggy turns around and is like, what the fuck? And then Isla Fisher's like, <laughs> I mean, don't. It's so dangerous. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing ever. He was probably thinking, must have been the weed. <laughs> Oh, that weed must have been must have oh, been cut with something really weird. Bad trip, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is a really bad batch of hamburgers. <laughs> so yeah, he dives in headfirst into this cave, and this is where he finds this giant pool of the protoplasmic souls. Another deleted scene here: we see Daphne get Shang Tsunged here, <laughs> like her soul gets. To, we see her soul. We see this extraction machine take Daphne's soul out, and see the monster. An even worse rendered version of the monster, could you believe it, <laughs> jumps into her soul. Jump in, jumps into her body and takes it over. And instead of just like him seeing... The yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's what happens, yeah. My God. So yeah, he goes in, he find, he sees the soul of Velma and he lets her free. Velma, Velma's soul finds her body. The monster jumps out and the monster's about to attack Velma. 
but then we find out immediately the weakness of these uh, the weakness of these monsters is that they basically spontaneously combust in sunlight, mm -hmm. and they need the human bodies so that they can go around and take over the world during wow. the day. I love the Super Dudes uh, plot that has all the stuff happening during the day. It really adds attention and yeah. atmosphere, and it's not a sh it's not like I th I do believe that we should have had the original. The, the Lunar Ghost, well, was it? Yeah. In, as well, why do you think the whole third act takes place in a cave? Yeah. Mm. And again, that's... Um, uh, that's the, 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 that's a whole other scene itself, my God. <laughs> it's just looking like a ritual 2000s... Mm. <laughs> I don't even know what that was, but... Yeah. I don't know. So just yeah. burning me in, in <laughs> a cave <laughs> with no burning me. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, Daphne's soul is released and so is Fred's. Um, oh man, here we go. Oh, th there's that poor guy, Shaggy pulls me out. He's like, Oh, thank God you saved me. He's like, No, nah, I'm just looking for my friends. And just <laughs> throws <laughs> him back in. Like, like Limber of Pope. Like, and just like, Nope. What a dick. Doesn't, doesn't he pull one of them out? And they said, Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to. Oh no, it's Daphne. Yeah, She's I'm like, gonna I'm going to save I'm myself. Gonna, I'm going to use my tongue and, as an oar and row myself <laughs> out. Now, Daphne says that. So apparently, so what happens? Fred and Daphne have trouble getting back to their own bodies. And so they go into each other's bodies. So Fred goes into Daphne's body and Daphne's goes into Here's Fred's body. Here's where the R-rated potential really shines Here's where through. the R-rated <laughs> potential comes in. And I've got a feeling this is some weird kink that uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. now have as a married couple. They probably watch this together and get off on it oh somehow. Just cross-dress, put Scooby-Doo on and then... I mean, do undescribable things. I mean, what makes it worse is Sarah, like Fred in Daphne says, "I can look at myself naked." Oh, yes. no. <laughs> like, even hearing that line again, the G rating, like enforce it, please. In this case, please it's enforce it. Funny, like it's only like crude I, funny. It's yeah, just, it's not. It's, it's not really gross. crude funny, and I, just, I kind of expected it. It's like so juvenile. It sounds, yeah, it sounds like a kid's writing this. I yeah. mean, I guess James Gunn at this point is basically writing as a kid, but my yeah. God. So, yeah, they all meet back up again, and apparently, like, uh, so they all be meet back up, and they've got the Damon Ridus thingy, mm -hmm. the pyramid thing, and they, they all meet up, and uh, apparently, because there's people that are, like, th their souls aren't in the right body, and in the presence of the Damon Ridus, like, they'll keep continually randomly switching bodies until the, uh, until it's, everyone's back in their right one. Mm -hmm. So we get more body swap humour here, which is really extraneous and kind of doesn't really go anywhere. Not at all. Uh, yeah, there isn't really any good gags in this little bit here. Nah. Except, well, uh, whenever Shaggy goes into someone, that's pretty funny. <laughs> like, Shaggy going into Daphne is like, oh, what's that? Don't you ever eat? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. It's, it's, it's funny that uh, Shaggy eats a lot and he's so thin. You can definitely tell he's a mm. druggie. Oh, you can just tell he's a vegetarian, too. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we get, get that scene. Then they go back to the witch doctor and he they ask him what the Damon Ridus does. And uh, I'll see if I... Wait, do I have any in my notes? Oh, voodoo priest. Sorry, he's a voodoo priest. He talks about something called... that. This is part of the dark, dark opalypse ritual. Yeah, I paid way too much attention to this movie. That, 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 that sounds like a 10-year-old so, line in the script. <laughs> so th this, is, this is the thing. That, so apparently the Damon Ridus used the souls and, as an energy source and the leader needs to absorb this a purely good soul to complete this ritual. Mm. And the creatures and once this is done, these creatures will take over the world and rule for a thousand years. Only a thousand? Only a thousand. <laughs> and they said, but almost all we're on the only humans left. Like who's the only pure human soul? And then Daft uh, no Velma's Velma says who said it had to be human 
Cut to Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and you found out, oh, no shit, Emil Amondavarius is behind this the whole time. Dun, dun, dun. But there's something that you forgot to mention before. Like, Scrappy. Oh, we oh that ages we completely ago. forgot we got a, it. We yeah. got a flashback. That's a pretty iconic scene. Yeah, yeah, so we got a flashback to the the good old days of Mystery Inc. And you know it's the good old days because we've got the Beach Boys in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's all good. And then, but here's the thing: did in this scene, Scrappy Doo just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Was he in the van the whole time <laughs> and just wanted to jump out, or did he somehow sneak into the Mystery Machine? They, I at think this they point? made it sound like he s- snuck in the van. But what's so bizarre is like after like two minutes of him being in there because he freaking <coughs> pisses on Daphne or something. Yeah, like they like him throw out. him out in a bean and him in the yeah. desert, which is which <laughs> seems really cruel for a kid's film. Yeah. But you know, I didn't it's mind because it's Scrappy, so well, fuck Scra- him. Scrappy just peed on Velma. Yeah. So, not Velma's Daphne, sorry. So yeah. yeah. You know what? It's <laughs> There's a line, you know. Oh, but still it's like just leaving the dog out there in the desert, just it's it's pretty cruel. Puppy power. <sighs> God damn! I'm surprised so, he doesn't have this little cage that's like just the size of, of his body, where he just stays in there and literally can't move. So yeah, so oh my god, so we're nearly. At, we're, I think we're almost towards the third act. So, uh, almost, thank goodness. We, we've been gone for uh, an hour and seventeen minutes now. We are. This is going to be an epic. This is going to be an epic. <laughs> I was hoping that that this episode could run uh, as long as the runtime of. The well, we're hour. almost there. We are almost there. It will set definitely run longer. We'll, maybe longer than the so film. Yeah. But not, Mo- not Mondavarius is behind everything, and he's asking Scooby. He tries to turn Scooby against Shaggy because of that really badly like put in and really lazily like conflict between them that was just everything like underdeveloped. Ten minutes ago. I only wonder if any of this stuff would have been better. With the other cut, or oh. if it just would have been less on. Un- oh, you funny. can tell this movie's cut to ribbons. Yeah, but I just mm. wonder. Yeah, I wonder with Gunn's humor if it would have actually been a yeah. decent movie, or it would have been like a different yeah. type of shit. But anyway, yeah. but yeah. So Mondavarius says, "I have a very important riddle for you, Scooby. I need you to be a sacrifice. <laughs> a sacrifice. <laughs> a sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. And Scooby is up for it because Scooby's a dumb dog and doesn't know what the hell a sacrifice is. Yeah. Too much. Um." So then, yeah, so this happens and the rest of the Mystery Inc. gang hatch a plan to save Scooby and, like, release all the souls, stop this ritual and, you know, like, save the world, essentially. Pretty much. And this is where the reforming of Mystery Inc. finally happens. They all put their hands in. And to date this movie even more, this was a dated reference in 2002, but Velma says, let's get jinky (laughs) with it. (laughs) Damn. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that way to way to tarnish her freaking you know <laughs> signature line. So they're setting up this elaborate plan with like a pulleys and zip lines in this cave where the ceremony is. Which, why the hell is this not guarded? <laughs> like this is the most yeah, important. Yeah, why is it not guarded? Scrappy's and how a bit do dumb. they? <laughs> okay, there you go. He's you a can, dog. Come on, you can justify everything <laughs> you're saying that. So the, all these dancers start coming in for the rituals. Uh, Fred and Velma really badly try to fit in by like dancing in the oh background. God. Oh Fred, yeah. Fred. <laughs> Fred has that one point where he just—it's like so obviously like mm. he's trying to fake dance. It's so they've got this—they've got this weird pulley system that I think it breaks or something that happens because Daphne is up on the roof and she's going to open up a vent which will drop the disco like this reflective disco ball that the light will shine on and like kill all of the monsters essentially. So they try to fit in with the dancing. Uh, I, I think uh, Velma's doing the hot potato and Fred is doing the sprinkler at some <laughs> point like trying to fit yep, in here. Yep. Um, 
th- there's a point where like the, it, it all stops and like they all point at Fred and Velma. Like Velma is pointing at him, but Fred's still dancing on his own and like he's trying to fit in. And it's like, why aren't we all doing the electric slide to it to date this film even more? Oh man, <laughs> I feel like so many of these issues could have been resolved if it wasn't mm. just making yep. it so unequivocally two thousands. Yeah. But, we also get a thank scene. Thank you, James. Yeah, we also get a scene. Thank you, Raja. Too. Don't <laughs> thank just, you, Raja. Don't discount Raja. Raja is a 2000s icon. I should never, ever <laughs> talk shit on him or neglect him. Yeah. I mean, this this film has because there's so many so many references to specifically like 2002, early 2000s. It yeah. could be archived as like having historical significance. <laughs> yeah. All these things he'll be like. I was going to say, what's, the national, what's this? The, you want to nas- know what 2002 was like? Watch Scooby Doo. The, the, ne- the next film in the National Film Registry is going to. The, the <laughs> American National Film Registry. The, screw, fuck off Mulholland Drive. It's going to be uh, Scooby Doo. <laughs> I'd rather have Scooby Doo in there than no Mulholland Drive. I mean, Mulholland Drive's probably already in there. But here's the thing where like Shaggy is trying to make good with Scooby because Scooby is the sacrifice. He's about to be carted in mm. to the thing. Uh, Shaggy in a scene. Uh, accidentally knocks out. Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> this is this is where the pulley system fucks up because he accidentally knocks out one of the guards or like mm-hmm. one of the guys carrying uh, like the uh, the throne that Scooby is sitting on to get to the to the ceremony. No, he like knocks out some random dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they they that's when they g- grab the guards. They plant the guards in when everyone's coming in, and this guy's just like standing in like a little outcrop of a cave, it's like a little like a guard post station. I don't yeah. even know what the fuck that's there. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird, and he's wearing a weird mask that 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 Shaggy yeah. disguises. So himself. so Shaggy comes in. He he tells Scooby like, "You got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. I'm here to save you. I'm sorry for everything that happened. Like all all that all that all really that extraneous <laughs> bullshit yep. that we tried, that we that we poorly set up." Mm. Yeah, but then he's like, okay, on the count of three, we're going to make a run for it. One, two, but right on two, the giant claw jumps into Scooby and steals his soul. Scooby, ge- Scooby, Scooby gets Shang Tsung. <laughs> and um, yeah, so then we get Scooby's soul. And Scooby's soul is going like, hey, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> so this happens. Uh, I can't remember like what happened. Oh, and at this point, like... Um, and this is also kind of creepy, like Mondavarius like absorbing all the souls, and you can kind of hear like the faint screams of like all the souls being absorbed. Mm. Like that's kind of creepy. Yeah, not bad. But like, <laughs> like just before, I believe, like, oh no, Shaggy jumps on the crane, and like he's swinging around trying to save Scooby and trying to get that off. And I believe what happened was, uh, like he, I think Scooby's soul ends up. Yeah, it it, it, go, it it gets free, and I think what happens is Shaggy knocks over, <laughs> he knocks Emil under various off wherever he's standing, and like this is where you see the tiny little cut on the yeah. thing, and then Fred's like, "Check it out, a man in a mask." <laughs> Check it out. Rips it off, and Emil Mondavarius is a robot. A robot controlled by Scrappy Doo. <laughs> now. The Tim twist Curry of the, mil- of, of the millennium, right here. Yeah. Oh my god. Tim Curry. You were right to say no. You were right. This is a dumb fuck twist. <laughs> it was, a, it was, it was so stupid that when I was watching it, and even as a child, as I can remember, like we only saw Scrappy for like one scene. Did they actually plan this, or did they just wedge decide to wedge him in? Like as you said, like originally they wanted that ghost. They just like wedge him in as the villain right at the last minute. Like just all right, we're <laughs> gonna shoot this one scene to show that Scrappy's here. And then we're just gonna the reveal uh, for who Rowan Atkinson is 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 uh, Scrappy Doo instead of a person. 
I mean, it would be... I mean, I get it. You could probably have this guy like the Lunar Ghost Markman around this cave. I mean, you could do some good wire work there. You'd save on some CGI. Mm -hmm. Instead of this abomination that becomes Scrappy Rex. Scrappy Rex. Oh, yeah. Scrappy Rex. Oh, this this looks terrible. Like, God, he's just taking all of the steroids. It's scary, but not for the right reasons. No. You want to be scary. Oh, God, no. (laughs) It's amazing. It's like he's taking all the the steroids from the last century and just (laughs) injected them into himself at once. My God. All the growth hormones. And so at this point, I believe, uh, Fred and Velma just kind of take a back seat for like the rest of They're this like, thing. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so Scooby and Shaggy are like running away from Scrappy Rex. And I believe it's um, Velma is up on the roof and the Lucha Libre wrestler is doing a fight with her yeah. and like trying to stop her from doing She gets that. a kill bill moment. She does get a kill bill moment. But this is where we get the new metal cover of the Scooby Doo theme song. <laughs> and it sucks. It's not that great. No. So, I can't even remember what the hell happens from here. Like, uh, somehow Shaggy gets onto the... Oh, no. He grabs Scooby-Doo. Like, Scrappy grabs Scooby-Doo and I think he's about to eat him or something. Or, no, absorb his soul (laughs) so he can take over the world. But first of all, how did Scrappy find out about this island, about these monsters? Like... How yeah. desert to island? Not, not explain because it was only shown in one scene. We need a scrappy thrown prequel. out the desert. <laughs> well, there is a dropped line that um the real the the real Mondavarius who's been chained up, and we finally get some crazy Rowan Atkinson in a yeah. moment. He says that he came to the island a, a year and a half ago to audition as an elf, and then three weeks later he was running the island a, as a fake version of me. So I was like, how did? <laughs> From, from beginning to end with nothing in the middle. And why an elf? What does that mean? I, I don't know. Scrappy's a tiny puppy. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Oh, another really disgusting part. Like, uh, to escape from... To try to escape from Scrappy, uh, Scooby pulls on the nose hairs of Scrappy and he gets oh, a booger yeah. bath full of snot and it is gross. Oh, delicious. All that CG Ugh. snot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Only guns here. It just, it's just gelatin. It's just so no bizarre. CG body fluids at all, please. <laughs> Take notes from Highlight, it's please. Not <laughs> it's not funny. Or get scary. A, get a fucking prop department. Or enjoyable. Imagine I, like I a fuck box in Scooby Doo. That'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I like this thing. Like, I don't know how this thing works. Well, if you, if you want to get an R, you can give it a oh, fuck box in there. Oh, man. Definitely Velma. Just. Fulfilling, fulfilling guns, lesbian fantasy. They, 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 with you on, on, on the creation of Scooby, do you not be surprised that there's yeah. like the, the, the castle they go into is just some weird sex castle <laughs> with like, I don't know, weird BDMS shit and toys everywhere. I, I yeah. This is the time to announce that George is uh, now about to promote his uh, High Life uh, Scooby-Doo slash fic that yes, he's currently it's, it's writing. Happening. It's called... Um, What's it called? Um... <laughs> Uh, high, high Shaggy. It's ah. a biopic. Shag. Shag. Yeah. Shag. And I will use the entire version of Shaggy's song. Because uh, I'm not an animal. Thank mm. goodness. <laughs> so, Just play it on loop. So something happens. Like Scooby somehow escapes the clutches of Scrappy and he's like, I will kill you and Puppy I will crutch you like dust. And then we get Shaggy just like kind of taps on the shoulder with the crane and he's like, hey, Scrappy, you're a bad puppy. Grabs the crane and pulls out, like, pulls out the Damon Riders from yep. the chest. And the, all the souls are set free. And this is even creepier. Like, the shrinking Scrappy? Like, he still has a huge head. And even though his body is still <laughs> shrink... Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember now. But now, this, this is a good question. So, is this all the souls from even the people that have left, too? 
So the people that have left the island. Like yeah. the Kayla Bannis at the start, is her soul just like wandering around the earth just trying to find trying her to soul? Find I want to see that movie. Part of the show is seeing where like there's a bunch of people that just, maybe at their restaurant, they're just uh, all bizarre like, oh, uh, I woke up this morning and now I have this different body or they like something to comment on on that could have been funny. Yeah, it becomes like the end of Avengers Endgame, like just half of the world, half of the <laughs> world just like disappeared, like disappeared for five years and then came back. <laughs> and like, you know, everyone's older, like some people are five years older, some people aren't. And maybe they've just got, hey, some people are just, did, some people are just different people now, deal with it. God, <laughs> yeah. it, it people well, change. It'd, it'd be terrible for any big business owners that just someone just went in there to replace them. Oh my god! You know what like, I would fuck off. You know what I would be doing? I would be if if I would be holding on to the Damon Riders and I would be selling a service to be near the Damon Riders with a bunch of people that don't have their own bodies and just putting them in a room with the Damon Riders so that their bodies can get back to each other. You'd be Genius. a fucking millionaire. Genius. Or you could do something really macabre, and if someone recently dies, you could throw someone else's soul in there. Oh, I don't know. Jesus. Like Holy shit. Maybe sell new bodies or something. Is, is I want to see that movie. I was going <laughs> to say, isn't that a bad movie with Ryan Reynolds and or Kevin, Con- uh, Kevin Con- Con- Conroy? Kevin Costner? It's like called Criminal or something? Is it? I don't know. Or maybe that's another Ryan Reynolds movie with Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley is like an old rich guy and he's about to die and then like he gets put in the body of Ryan Reynolds to live a younger life. Oh, or do you mean... Like that. You think it- Selfless, I think it's called. It's a Tarzan yeah. film. It's okay. Nobody saw it. No one cares. <laughs> but no one cares when it came. No one cared when it came out. And no one cares about it now. But yeah, so we everyone's saved. Like uh, Velma gets to see her boyfriend, her boyfriend, who I believe is just credited as guy as like Velma's, no Velma's friend. Oh my! He is credited <laughs> as Velma's friend. I have a name. Oh my god! <laughs> poor, poor guy. Uh, poor random white bearded dude. So then Shaggy finds Mondavarius in the bunker, and as I said, he says that Scrappy auditioned as an evil elf for the park and then took over. Da-da. So then we get a big, big med- a media circus out the front of, of of Spooky Island, and somehow Brad is in the class, <laughs> like is in is in this not the class is in this big area, and like they do this big spiel, and like Fred's about to tell the press, but is like, you know what, I'm gonna leave this one up to Velma. Oh, Captain we've Velma. finally learnt teamwork. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with the crappy like um, uh, the ca- crappy parodies of like corporate training videos, like this movie would probably be shown as like a corporate, like shitty corporate training camp as a way to like build teamwork, <laughs> build and teamwork stuff, like that. <laughs> but yeah, we finally get to learn that Scrappy's real name is Scrappy Cornelius Do. Yep, Cornelius. And another good line here. It's like um, I can't remember what Scrappy says, but Shaggy's like. Hey, come on, Scrap. No reason to freak out and kill all humanity, man. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect line. Yeah. And then they all do a hands-in, a big woo. And then we pan up. There's helicopters everywhere. Spooky Island. And then we cut to this credit scene with they're finally at the all-you-can-eat buffet. And they're eating jars of hot peppers. Like yeah. Shaggy eats, Shaggy eats one. He's like, "Oh, they're hot!" And then Scooby like grabs the ju- a jug, uh, 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 like the glass of it, and just chugs the chilies. Yeah. And this and is funny. There's like steam yeah, coming it's out just of coming his out ears. Vertically. Steam coming so out of his weird. ears. He grabs a silver platter and starts beating his face with it. One of my favorite visual gags. I think it's out, this is in the post credit scene. Is where he pulls his tongue out. Yeah, and he like, puts like, like ketchup or something on it. I, I don't yeah. understand the logic there, but it, I, I don't know. It's just really funny. It's like a ketchup bit. Yeah, so then it's like, um, he eats the whole jar, and then it's like, Shaggy's like, oh, I'm up for a challenge. So they both grab one, and it's like, on the count of three, one, two, three. 
and then they cut to the exterior, which is like this big like tiki island like yeah. face thing. And then you just see like steam coming out of its eyes. Nice final shot for the nice film. Nice final shot. And again, to date this movie well and truly <laughs> in 2002, one of three other movies from my ch- one of two other movies from my childhood that also feature uh, the, like Big Fat Liar and the Crocodile Hunter Collision Course film. Oh, this awesome. film ends with the Baha Men <laughs> rapping <laughs> about the mis- about Mystery Inc. Yep. In case this wasn't 2002 enough for you. It's God, even we more. should do the Steve Irwin crocodile film. I don't know why, I but would. critics hate it. I haven't seen it. it and is, I thought it was. I thought it was funny well, as. Here's the thing: the, the bar. It's, it is blatant cash grab. That it film, is, but, but it's a weird. It's it's a weird like couple of episodes of the Crocodile Hunter show, but kind of weaved into this narrative yeah. of like political intrigue and things yeah. like this. Yeah, like, it's like a crocodile like swallows like this military yeah, like sa- I think like it's this a military nuclear devi- baseball and a, a, a nu- a, like a nu- a nuclear device. A crocodile like it launches out of a satellite and a crocodile swallows it, and. It's got two two guys, two like CIA guys yeah. that go to Australia to try and retrieve it. One of them is Lockie Hume, mm. from uh, like who played Kerry Packer in that miniseries. And again, that's two Australian actors doing really really bad American <laughs> accents. You've also got uh, David Wenham and Magda Zabanski like mucking around in that movie as well. <laughs> but like it's this narr- these di- disparate narratives, but it's like all trying to be interwoven with like um. Uh, just Steve Irwin trying to save this crocodile. Yeah, it's but it's like not just it's not just like that. Mess. It's not just that, but it's like majority of the film. I swear, ninety to eighty percent, it's just Steve Irwin just doing his his standard show, grabbing an animal and just yeah. talking about it. It's so funny. <laughs> they have all this it's dressing a, around the, the outside. I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a film fiasco, but it's definitely like a needs to be revisited or like yeah. a film that's kind of been forgotten by history and would be interesting to revisit. But yeah, in that film, that that film ends with the Baja men doing their own version of Crocodile Rock, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the other film, uh, Big Fat Liar, which again we should do on this show. Damn, too, I remember that movie. I, that movie was. That movie, I'm I'm starting to think that might have been my watershed moment in like me wanting to study, like me being really? obsessed with film. Damn. Like I wanted to live in the prop room at Universal Studios. Like I, don't I blame wanted you. to live there. I don't blame what, you. What was Big Fat? Big Fat Liar is the movie with um, uh, it's again 2002 as hell. You've got Frankie Muniz as a high schooler who writes a, who is running late to school one day. He gets hit by a car that's a Hollywood producer played by Paul Giamatti. He leaves a school paper. He leaves a school paper in his back seat. The producer takes this paper and turns it into a blockbuster film. And Aww. like he says, so like Frankie Muniz and 2002's favorite sweetheart Amanda Bynes go on a road trip to LA to the to to hunt down Marty Wolf and like claim credit for yeah. their screenplay and when he refuses they basically make his life a living hell. Yeah. Prank galore. It's it, it's it was fun. I haven't seen mm. it since though, so Yeah, it, it'll be a film we have to do on this film show. Fiasco. Absolutely. <laughs> but I wouldn't necessarily say this is a film fiasco and we could just get into final thoughts here. Because yeah, I because for a film <sighs> fiasco, we don't seem to hate it with a passion. No, I like, don't. I, I don't either. I think it's a bad. It, I think it's a bad movie, but like it's got some sentimental value for me. Yeah, like unlike unlike films like Wish Upon and uh, what else have we done? Um, uh, Book of Henry. Book of Henry. Like you know, Scooby Doo had some potential. Those films are just. They seem like they were always going to be fucking terrible. 
um, at least I think. Well, I think The Greatest Showman had potential. It was just told in the worst possible way they p- could potentially do it. Fair enough. But yeah, this film, I think it's a bad movie. Like, it doesn't hold up at all. It's not a good movie, but there, th- it does have a certain charm to it. it. You can see that they tried to make a good movie here. Yeah. There was, somewhere, there's, there's a good movie in here so- somewhere. somewhere. At least it has historical value. Yeah, so and I'll the cast is like, you know, it's memorable as hell. So mm. that much they did right. Uh, but well, I, I guess what's the question is now because we'll eventually do it. What's the better film, this one or the sequel? I feel like two's better. I can't for remember memory. two. I kind of like two because I remember they go to that bar in they they go to that bar and yeah. it's like all the people that they locked up and like Shaggy and Scooby <laughs> have to like disguise to get in there. Like that's a pretty that's, fun scene. That, that is a fun scene. And you've got I, I could remember seeing a scene where there was a really jacked up Shaggy. I don't know why. Uh, That's yeah. definitely the better of yeah. the two Scooby and Shaggy. Oh, yeah. around Shaggy things. also mm. grows tits in that very scene too. Yeah. See, so I find that much more insane than grabbing and farting for like three minutes. But yeah. Mm. And you also got Seth Green as like Seth Velma's Green. <laughs> Seth Green's in it. Velma's boy yeah. toy. <laughs> and the, he actually is somewhat developed. He has a name. I forgot what his name was. Yeah. But he has a name. Seth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, I don't know if it has a weaker villain. I mean, oh, you've got Tim Blake Nelson in that movie too. Yeah, you do. They had a lot of plot twists in that movie. <laughs> got a Tim, lot of bizarre plot twists. you got Tim Blake Nelson. you got Alicia Silverstone. That's, yeah. You get Velma in a leather, you know, like a leather fetish version of like her old outfit from the original show. Uh-huh. What? What else have you Mad. got Mad. Um, what a weird film. Monsters Unleashed, it's called, yeah? Mm. And that's the one where it's like, there's this device that turns like all the costumes of like the... Of the villains that they like, that they caught, mm-hmm. and like this device turns into those monsters. costumes into real monsters. Yeah, I think my nostalgia for the second one probably was like stronger than the first, mm. just because for that one scene where they're where they're arriving and they've got all the paparazzi and all, all the fans. I remember mm. distinctly the Velma fans, and that just shit. This just stays in my memory ever since seeing that film. It sounds a bit like Ghostbusters, this new one. It is a little bit like Ghostbusters. It is. I could see that. Mm. I, I think it's probably the better of the two films. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I have, I have a soft spot for this film. It was one of the first films I ever owned on DVD. And, like, it does it, it, it's, it does have an odd charm to it. Like, it does do very enough odd. about the original. It is, like, very... Uh, not necessarily... There is a lot of love for the filmmakers and from James Gunn for the original show and also whilst trying to, like, flip it on its head. I also forgot to remember in the scene where they're all switching bodies, like, in, in one of the original drafts, and I think they actually shot the scene because I remember seeing an interview with Sarah Michelle Gellar to get back on the potential lesbian relationship between Velma and uh, Daphne, apparently to transfer the souls. Like, they thought, why don't we kiss? And apparently they shot that scene. And it was really, we really were wrong. awkward. If, yeah. if, if they wanted the film to get like a, like an <laughs> NC-17, the lesbian content for sure would have landed it for yeah. them. In, in 2002. 2002 yeah. For sure. Absolutely. If you ever saw that um, that documentary about it, like this this film is rated R, R or something. This film is not yet rated? Oh, this is film is not yet rated, yeah. Where it was like a lot of a lot of um, homosexual content. They just later, right, uh, straight away wanted to slap NC-17 on, on it. Yeah, it was mm. bizarre. Anyway, that's been Scooby Doo 2002. Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. My God. Yeah. Not as many bad impressions. We've spared you for this episode. No, it's not a film that I hate. I can't even call it. I, I, I can call it bad. I can't call it average because it's too bizarre for that. Yeah. So I, I'll just call it Scooby Doo. It was a fun one to revisit, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And if you want to revisit it, I will say it is on Netflix right now, as is Scooby Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Get so you know, if it, 
find double feature. You know, grab some snacks, some Scooby mm. snacks, and just uh, you know, enjoy yes, it. some Scooby <laughs> snacks, some Scooby snacks that are food, nothing more. Mm. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for George Kapakalos for thank coming you. on. Thank you for having me. No worries. And what's some stuff you're plugging? You've got... Y- plugging, pl- yes. Yes, I've so Take 42 Productions, Take 42 your production company. on Twitter, which we will be posting a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. You can find me on Twitter, George Kapakalos, which is K-A-P-A-K-L-A-S, because of Greek names. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can find me... Uh, you can find Take 42 Productions on Facebook. I forgot to link that one. Uh, Take 42 Productions, just that, that's, a, that's the at. Where we post... All the newest stuff about our productions, which we're excited to see, and big on the inside of my other podcast, which we talk about Doctor Who, B O T I A U on Twitter, and we're everywhere, like Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, fantastic, Eric. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yes, you know, I, I, I've you. got that, that letterbox account. What's your letterbox at? Um, I don't remember <laughs> the name, but uh, it's got a, a Sonic profile picture. <laughs> okay, I will search all the Sonic profile pictures. Uh, I'll oh, we have and a, find it. Here we we go. have a live feed as we speak. Yeah, of, we are uh, trying to find. The I'm account. on the search for Eric's Letterboxd account. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, Where shit. Is what was the last thing that you liked from me? Oh, goodness. What was know. it? I, don't I have know. no idea. Da-da-da. It's okay. All of this is going to be cut out. I might, have had a, I might have had a comment somewhere. <laughs> It's alright, we'll find it. I think we'll it. I might search for the Where was her smell? Her smell was probably. Oh, here we go. That's you. How, so, how about this? Fuck you, spell that. Uh, I can't type that in the, in the oh, search bar. M, okay, letterbox.com oh, forward slash M underscore pickles. There we go. That is Eric's letterbox. <laughs> you have a follower, a new follower. Once Thanks. I, once I. Thank you, man. And yeah, you've got a weird profile picture of a demented I Sonic. I think that's Irman's soul. Gotterdam for I don't know the name. Wait, <laughs> he's only oh, got nineteen followers. He's only got nineteen followers. Get around him, and he's given Juice Bigelow male gigolo five stars. Beautiful, it was pretty good. This is the greatest spoof of American gigolo I've ever seen. I must elaborate more on this film's greatness. Oh, I was planning he, to write he, more. He, about here's it. your chance, Eric. In the last couple of minutes of this <laughs> podcast, on. why Do is Sue so great? What's the hidden? Because this might be a potential film fiasco. So I mean, as I said, it's it's a good spoof of, <coughs> of American gigolo and um, uh, what else? Jeez, I can't even remember. <laughs> I can't even remember the film. Sorry, I'm good. I'm uh, going senile. So I'm, I'm going to be a bit worried when I watch the flower because I might remember like such one a hour. Cor- su- such a, a, la- a landmark moment in American cinema was the Rob Schneider classic, Br- Juice, Br- Juice Bigelow. American I mean, Rob, G- Rob, Sh- Rob Schneider wasn't too bad in it. I mean, it was it was pretty funny. It had some funny gags in there. It's pretty bizarre. So it had a it had a sequel that I never saw. Sky High. Yeah. Oh, the, oh the same director that did Sky High, Mike Mitchell. He's mostly an animated guy. I'm scared to watch that movie because oh I feel goodness. like I don't know if it holds up or not. Yeah. Again, that might be. That's not a film fiasco. That is another like revisit. It I think yeah. I mainly gave it five so just because of how it's spoofed. I just, um, I just love, um, I just love that the antagonist in that film American is not so subtly named Warren Peace. <laughs> No, I mean one, one a good thing that that uh, Deuce Bigelow does is sort we'll of like it's it's it, it's 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 sort of um, poking fun at this this book that um or the updated version of uh, I think it was Transcendental um, style that Schrader published and he put his own fucking movies in there just you know like in in egotist Am- he put American, American Gigolo, Gigolo is in a Schrader film it's yeah. a Schrader he film wrote, and he wrote it or did he didn't direct he, it, he, he directed it he oh, okay. wrote and directed it and he um. I'm pretty sure it featured in one of the later volumes of that book because I remember he did put some of his own films in there, which I, I thought mean, was pretty fucking weird. I think weird. you could say that about most movies. Like every, th- I'm guessing just like every well, that's fourth, the thing. Every, like every fourth yeah, movie, I'm just going to get that's Paul the Schrader thing. wrote it. You, 
<laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. He wrote a lot of stuff. So uh, I sort of see, um, it, it like reminds me of uh, Freddie Got Finger. I sort of see it as this anti-establishment oh, oh. work that's sort of going against this anti, uh, um, this transcendental style um, filmmaking or tour mm. sort of um, just elitism that uh, someone like Paul Schrader would just yeah. uh, have with with his films and with other films. And this is sort of like being more successful, trying to get the lowbrow to to be elevated to the um, higher brow yeah. than someone like Nicholas uh, Winden Refn making uh, the stuff that he makes, yeah. which I think is a ra- rather crude attempt at doing that. Thank you for bringing more. up Freddie Got Fingered because that is a that's inevitably a film fiasco. We have to do it. That's I haven't a, seen it. I that's love that film. It. It's very Especially good. since the recent passing of the great Rip Torn, we have to do that yeah. film too. And also, uh, it's a, it's a bit sad that um, Tom Green never did um, more films, or his, his show just died after that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh well. Rest yeah. in peace. Thanks everyone for joining in this special episode of Film Fiasco. <laughs> Thank you so much. We are trying to wrap this show up somehow. <laughs> we eventually will, but I haven't done my plugs yet. So here well, we go. We contribute this to to Tom Green and and uh, uh, Rip Torn, I guess. Maybe, maybe maybe we can also uh, uh, tribute this to maybe Rob Schneider because I haven't seen him in a film since fucking ages. How about we tribute this to Matthew Lillard for missing out on being well, Shaggy yeah, in this we'll, new animated oh, Scooby he film? He was in Twin Peaks. He fucking... Yeah. There's the Lynch connection. There's the Lynch connection. He made up for it in Twin Peaks. There's the Lynch connection. We have we have our six degrees of David Lynch. Well, the, our, only one degree of David Lynch. We still have to figure out one for... um. For greatest showman. I told you I it's th- the Eraserhead baby. He was he was <laughs> in one of the I, dance and numbers. And I think it was the sound studio that they record <laughs> that they recorded David Lynch's album in there. Uh, anyway, yeah, you can subscribe if you enjoyed this podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Or I guess it's called Apple Podcasts now. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or on SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Another Buddy Movie Podcast and hit that subscribe button. I am probably going to try and get us on Spotify very soon, so keep an eye out for that. You can Good. also like our Facebook page. Just search Another Bloody Movie Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at AB Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Another Bloody Movie Pod. And you can find me on Instagram and at Twitter, both at Sean Hub underscore. That is S E A N H U B underscore. And you can read my written reviews at moviebabblereviews.com. There will, I will be doing a lot more written reviews when Myth comes around, but I have also done a piece just before Sydney Film Fest started with mini reviews on the films In Fabric, Slam, and Jesus. So check that out. And you can. I also have a review for the excellent Claire Denis film High Life, which you should also check out. It is one of the best films of the year. Easily. By a long shot. Yes. Eric, you agree too? No, I don't know so much. Oh, come on. <laughs> But then again, uh, I don't know. Best film I've probably seen might be Parasite, I guess. That's my number one. Mm, yeah. High Life, still closely followed. And still then on. Woman at War at number three. Mm. I love that movie. Also, quick shout out to this man right here, George. He, did a, he did a piece for Rough Cut Online. I did. And on uh, the Australian classic Mural's Wedding. Yes, my first ever published piece. It was so fun to make and even better to see published. So... Check that out, Rough Cut. Good people. Thank you. Awesome. Check that <laughs> out. And also, because she couldn't make it today, I might as well give her a shout out. Ashley Matthews, <laughs> she recently did a uh, she recently did an interview uh, a couple of months ago with filmmaker and uh, king of film Twitter, uh, Jim Cummings, about his film Thunder Road. So make sure you go over to the Switch po- the Switchcast on our Apple and iTunes to check out Ashley's interview with Jim Cummings. It was a really great interview. It was. And go check that out. And thank you all very much for listening. <laughs> Finally wrapping it up. 
We're finally, Guys, we did finally, it. it's about time. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. And also, I forgot one more thing. <laughs> God damn. And if you have any requests that you want us to cover on Film Fiasco, I mean, we've already brought up a number of titles that we could potentially do, but if you have a request that you want us to do, we will seriously take it into consideration. Just email us at anotherbloodymoviepod at gmail.com Please with request recommendations and requests. Please request something strange. Yes. Very strange. We'll... Okay, I was going to say we'll watch anything, but I'll watch with anything within reason. What's reason? Or something that uh, isn't that, that illegal to, to watch. To, to my discretion. Have. That will be to my discretion. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> we will see you later. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Goodbye. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Puppy power.